1: Welcome along to Tip Today, 1800 938 007. That's our free phone number. It won't cost you to make a call. Ali is looking after the programme today. Coming up on the show, what did you think of this year's Toy Show with Patrick Keelty? We'll be talking about that in just a few moments' time. How social media is being used to radicalise Ireland's youth. A GAA club on the strict rules it's enforcing in order to make the panel. Financial advice with Francis O'Hanlon. We have global politics with Thomas Conway, as usual, on a Monday. And I'll be chatting to Claire Moore, who is a chiropodist and a podiatrist, about your feet. And we also have travel tales with Fergal. So all of that and much, much more on the way. You can text and WhatsApp. 083-311-3311. You can email tip today at tipfm.com or whatever way you may contact with us. We'd always be delighted to, to hear from you. Now we have some great prizes on the programme today. We have three €50 Euro vouchers to give away on tip today, every morning this week, and you can spend those vouchers shopping in lovely Thurlis. Now, we will give you a cue to call, and uh, this is what you'll hear
2: Ho, ho, ho! ho. It's Christmas in Thurlis!
1: Well, thanks for that, Santa. And when you hear that again, that is your cue to register with us on 083-311-3311, or indeed give us a call on 1800-938-007. So when you hear that again...
2: Ho, 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 ho! It's Christmas in Thalys!
1: That will be your cue to call. We'll also play Match 3. I think there's one final prize left, so again we'll... Uh, We'll highlight uh, that for you a little later on in the programme too. Let's have a look at what's making headlines in your newspapers today. The Irish Daily Mail. And they're leading with the story that the coalition is acting swiftly to pass legislation on controversial facial recognition technology to quickly identify Dublin rioters. And, of course, that move comes as Guardi expect to ramp up arrests in the coming days. Let's have a look at uh, the Irish Times and again a story about the uh, Gardaí their senior Gardaí have promised large-scale arrests in the coming weeks of ringleaders and participants responsible for last week's violence in Dublin city centre also Paul Lynch has won the 2023 Booker Prize for his novel Prophet Song becoming the sixth Irish author to win the most influential English language fiction prize since it uh, began in 1969 and uh, the first since uh, Anna Burns won for Milkman back in 2018. Also that uh, controversy around uh, the Taoiseach Lee of Radkar, He's defended a social media post about uh, the release of Irish-Israeli hostage Emily Hand after it sparked a rather diplomatic backlash and uh, the Irish ambassador to Israel. He was summoned to the foreign ministry in Jerusalem for a reprimand following strong reaction to Mr. Radcar's use of the word lost in relation to the release of Emily Hand who had been uh, taken hostage by Hamas and held in Gaza. Let's have a look at the Irish Indo and their main story. Competition has returned to the energy market with a cut price electricity rate being announced by a supplier. New player, Uno Energy, is offering a fixed rate that is 5% cheaper than its previous lowest rate. Now, the new rate will mean its offering will be 430 euro below the standard rate, Offers from other suppliers, so that's kind of good news, I suppose. Uh, the Irish Examiner covering all of those other stories: facial recognition, for example, and indeed the release of Emily Hand, and uh, also the uh, the t shirts uh, wording of that uh, Twitter uh, post as well. Um, the other story, though, on the front of the Examiner is kind of interesting. Um, It's a fallacy that Ireland is a minor offender for global emissions, according to former President uh, Mary Robinson. As she was speaking, head of University College Cork's first sustainability forum, Uh, the former UN High Commissioner for Human Rights said, the argument that Ireland is merely a small player compared to the industrial powerhouses like the US, India and China does not hold weight. It's a false equivalency says former President Robinson. So, if you want to make a comment on any of that, we'd be glad to hear from you. 3311. Now, Patrick Kilty hosted uh, the first Late Late Toy Show on Friday night. It seems to have been a, a success with people on social media reacting very positively indeed. There were some standouts, including a special moment with a young girl from Tipperary,
3: Sophie. She has no idea what's about to happen, but let's see if we can wipe our screen. It's time to say hello to a young lady from Tipperary who is eight years old. Let's see if we can find her. She's watching with her mom, her dad, her brother, and her pet unicorn. Would you look at the look on her face? Good evening, Sophie. <laughs> Sophie, how are you feeling? Are you OK?
4: Yeah.
3: Good girl. You're at the Dot Theatre there. You're having a little viewing party. Are you enjoying the show? Yeah. Do you think you'd maybe enjoy it a tiny bit more if you maybe came to the show tonight? Would you like to do that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, funny you should mention that, because just outside, Sophie, we have a driver and a magic bus ready to bring you and your family and Uni, the pet unicorn. There's Uni to be our VIP special guest uh, on the toy show a wee bit later. How does that sound? How you doing? Good. Yeah? Yeah. You got here. How does it feel to finally be on the toy show? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Tell us, who have you brought with you? Um, Uni. Oh. She has leukemia, so she has a little thing here. Ah, so this is yeah. for her medicine? Yeah. Okay. And how old is how old is she? She is eight years old. She's eight years yeah. old. And she's got a lot of love, hasn't she?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm not crying. You're crying. 083-311-3311. Um, and uh, there you go where that is concerned. All right, then let us go to uh, Shauna, one of our listeners. Shauna, good morning to you.
5: Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm very well indeed. Good to talk to you today. You were watching on Friday night, Shauna. What did you make of it
5: all? Oh, I, I honestly have to say, and I, you know, I, I do think people agree with me, it's one of the best titles we've had in years. Why
1: do you say that?
5: I think there, there was a, a big a little mix-ups of big mix-ups this year. I think one of the major things was Patrick just seems to have time for everything for mm. every child. There was no rush. There was no panic when things didn't work. He just he took it all and he strode. I think as someone kind of sitting down watching it, he just felt more relaxed watching him because he was so natural. Mm.
1: And just, yeah, I, it just, it's, it's I I didn't lovely. get to see it because it was working, but I was looking at some of the postings on social media, Shauna, and it looks like it got a an all round positive review. But people were saying that he wasn't as central to it himself as maybe Ryan Tuberty was.
5: I thought the exact same. I just think he like there was a child at one stage who just said, "Can I just tell you something?" And he went, "Yeah, no problem." He just didn't go, "Oh, can we talk about the toy first and then we we'll get on to you?" He just. Every child had their moment. He didn't make it all about him, like the the main team was Elf. But again, he was just dressed up a little bit, but it was all about the kids. And even very little about the toys. took I know it's a toy show, that's fine. But he just focused on every child at that moment that had his whole heart attention. And nothing else mattered. And it was, oh, as a viewer, you could really see that he just, he was in it.
1: Very good. And did you have smallies with you watching it, Shauna?
5: I did. I had my daughter Ellie. She's nearly four, and I kind of like. I didn't think she would watch much of it. She got a good way through. She got a good halfway. She did. She really enjoyed it. She she loved the music in it. Um, she loved like the little bits of toys. But no, she she really enjoyed it. I was surprised.
1: Very good indeed. Um, it it was really a test for him. I mean, if he failed that. Uh, he, his critics would have been waiting in the wings to have a go at him, isn't that? That's fair to say, Shauna.
5: I would not have liked to have been in his position. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. It's, yeah. it's a monumental thing, the Toy Show, for years and years, for a lot of people in this country. And it kind of, it starts off the Christmas season. And he's not even doing the Late Late Show along himself. But to be thrown into something like this, very short, no- it was kind of short notice really, you know, like yeah. if you've been doing the play- or the late, late show of a year, you knew it was coming up, but I what, even when he took the job, he obviously knew but it's a lot of pressure and I just think it was water for ducks back. It was nothing to him. He just, it was amazing, absolutely amazing.
1: Um, we we played a piece there from Sophie that was one of the standout moments, but I was looking at that clip with uh, Shaney. That was fantastic, wasn't it?
5: Oh, <laughs> he was just, Oh, like, you just took Irish and put it into just one small little pile <laughs> and just give it to everyone to just absorb. I'll he was brilliant. Th- he was just casual. There was no kind of th- theatrics about him. He was just, yeah, that's well, me now, and up to the big smoke and nothing. Oh, for, for
6: people
1: who didn't, uh, who didn't see him or, or hear him would you hang on with me for one moment Shana, because I'm just going to play yeah. uh, about 50 or 60 seconds from, from Shamey's piece
3: Good lad, Shamey, how are you getting on tonight? Good. Yeah, you're in good form, are you?
4: Yes, but before we start chatting now, Patrick <laughs> do you mind if I say something quick to you? You can tear away There's. Oh, after today now I met you, I was thinking to myself, I bet you didn't know you had something in common when I was seven year old from the country and care.
3: And, and, and what, what do we have in common?
4: That, spot our first title, Patrick. Patrick. Oh, both our first?
3: <laughs> Who helped you build the rest of this?
4: Um, my uncle Aiden he had to take Lego day off work. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, and where does he work?
4: Well, Patrick, I don't want to be saying something like that now because I I, I don't want to be getting him in trouble. No. No.
3: No, I know what you mean. Did he, did he take one day off or did he take two days off? Two days off. He took two days off. <laughs> he did I, a fair job, didn't he?
4: I had to take um, one day off myself for school.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my, my, Shauna, he was fantastic, wasn't he?
4: Oh, uh, even listening to
5: the again, you know, I was still laughing at him. just <laughs> quite, a, quite a little character, like.
1: It's brilliant. Yeah. And sometimes the Late Late Show over the years, the Toy Show, would have been accused of being kind of posh where the kids were concerned, you know. They were from uh, the right side yeah. of Dublin and all of that. But it, it was brilliant to hear that,
5: wasn't it? That, I really found that this year. They kind of just... It was very... It was simple. It was yeah, so simple yeah. and it just... Yeah, no, it was lovely. Well, well done, Tim.
1: Yeah, uh, very good. And your four, Can I ask uh, your the name of your four-year-old?
5: Uh, Ellie.
1: Ellie, and what 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 was Ellie's verdict on it all?
5: Um, I, th- I think she really enjoyed it. Did she? Yeah. I think she just loved. Yeah. I think what she loved was seeing like other kids her age on the telly, which is something really strange for you know. Yeah. Obviously, she watches programs and things, but. No, like it, again, it wasn't even really about the toys for her. There were some things that she kind of went, oh, I have that, or I'd like that for Christmas. But it was more about watching other little kids kind of just yeah. kind of do their thing. It was way.
1: It's great, and in in a natural sort of fashion as well. I was going to yeah, ask you, in exactly fact, about the the toys because one of my criticisms over the last few years would be that I I didn't see much of the toys. It was more about Ryan. It was more about the musical um, events and all of that. But w- was there a spotlight on the toys this year as well? A little bit. No, he yeah.
5: definitely did. Like especially at the very very start. You know, from the very first, the kind of brother and the sister. He just. He sat and played with them. Yes, yeah. And that's something that Ryan never did, in my opinion. He was kind of like, oh, let's do this toy. Oh, it doesn't work. And I remember a few years ago, Ryan actually caught a toy that didn't work and kind of flung it off, to say. Wow. Well. But apart from one of the toys that didn't work, he just kind of went, okay, look, let's just move on to another one. And he was having a little competition with a girl trying to blow up this teddy. His didn't work, the other one did. And he kind of went, all right, okay, let's It is what it is. He just didn't panic about things like that, but he still focused on them and he played with them and he did a little skipping game with another girl and he kind of did it in a way that he was playing without really making a huge thing about having to have it walk or if it didn't work and...
1: Yeah, it's yeah. It's strange you use the word simple but a few a few of our listeners on to us this morning saying it was lovely because it was simple and I suppose by comparisons to how elaborate it became in in recent years, Patrick was on to say um uh, the first toy show I've watched in ages really really enjoyed it first one since Gabo it says here, which is royal praise indeed another listener says the toy show was the best yet Patrick Keelty was brilliant with the kids I usually don't watch the toy show, but I watched it all. He was so good. Another listener says it was a great toy show uh, this year. Absolutely beautiful, so relaxed, gave time to every child. He was very emotional himself throughout. He was just superb, really enjoyed watching it with my children. And they even said that he was brilliant. Yeah, he got caught up in the moments, I believe, a few times as well. Um, he got emotional, Shauna,
5: didn't he? Yeah, but that's <laughs> fun. Like, if for him as well, I think it was a, a big emotional night. And maybe he was kind of holding in a little bit of it. And then, again, you know, with, with that little girl coming up, and being the VIP guest and yeah. the family reunion, which was amazing. It's He just, I don't know, I, just, I can't say a bad word about it. I really, really can't. I just think he was he was in the element of everything. Everything gave, he gave his full attention to, he gave every family, every child. that Those kids, they will never forget last night. He was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Isn't it
1: great? And of course at the end of what was a difficult week for all of us in this country um, Mm. it, it, it was an ideal I suppose you know it, a bit of balance I suppose to what we've been going through lately so well done to everybody Sean I'm delighted yeah. you enjoyed it and Ellie as well th- thank <laughs> you for coming on with me this morning no
5: problem thank, thank you so much you. have a thank lovely you. day
1: you too thank you and bye bye you now that's uh, Sean talking to us about the uh, Late Late Show on Friday night we'll take a break back in just a moment
0: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main pujo dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie
1: Now it was a relatively quiet weekend on the streets of Dublin after last week's riots uh, that followed the stabbing of three children and an adult last Thursday, a child and a woman remaining in critical condition in a hospital. The peaceful weekend can be attributed, I suppose, to a large Garda presence, but while this is welcome, is it just a short-term measure that can't be sustained? Now, Christy is a former Garda and joins me now. Good morning to you, Christy. Fran, how are you, Keith? I'm very well indeed, and thank you so much for agreeing to come on with us today, uh, Christy. Um, I presume like the rest of us, you've been watching some of this with, with horror. But as a farmer, Garda, what are you making of what's been happening, Christy?
8: Well, I suppose the first comment, one, one couldn't comment on anything until on, on you comment on um, the tragic circumstances that led to this, this the troubles, you know. And, uh, you know, we're all wishing and hoping and praying that everybody comes out of that whole situation, you know, with no tragic uh, consequences, you know. And I suppose uh, the question you're asking me, Fran, what what exactly, what are you asking me again, Fran, sorry? Well, I
1: suppose, you know, in response to that atrocity that has those uh, people still in in hospital, there was that rioting on the streets of Dublin. A lot of critique of uh, the Garda Commissioner and the Minister where this is concerned because people making the point that we all predicted that this would be the case, that it would just take one event to spark some sort of reaction like that, uh, Christy. With your experience, though, what what do you make of that?
8: Well, you see, Fran, when I joined the Guards, um, and I mentioned to you before, uh, at 19 years of age, I was up in Clowness in Monaghan and bombs going off over the place. And then, and then I spent three years in Portuguese Prison where I carried a helmet to walk every day with rights, and there was rights in the street. So you could say we were kind of battle-hardened, Fran. But the one comment I would make about it is, um, you know, survival instinct is very important. If I try to operate here as a guard and I'm afraid of everybody, Fran, I can tell you I'm, I'm totally dysfunctional. And on a few incidences where I wanted to, pro- to, to produce the baton, Fran, mm. I wasn't worried about the consequences. Because I tell you, Fran, I was going to defend the people I was serving and the people who deserved the belt of a baton across the head got it. And, I mean, I, 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 what, I, what I took out of, of the doll protest and that is the guards are afraid to do their job. Well, Fran, if you're afraid of a dog, he's going to bite you. And if you go on the same theory, is I, I think, I think, with all due respects, this there is a lot of lessons to be learned from this. But this was an accident waiting to happen, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and the, the difference, Christie, between the policing on Thursday night and the policing on Friday night was just absolutely incredible. I mean, the guards seemed to be overwhelmed. They didn't have the numbers. They didn't really produce batons on Thursday night, and then on Friday night. A lot of people were were quite happy with what they saw. The the guards back, in control, as you say, with the batons.
8: Well, you see, Fran, I, I what I saw on the, uh, you know the bit I saw of it, like, and, and I suppose I do body language a bit. A lot of young guards there who were terrified. Yeah. No leadership. No guidance. No, you know. Um, I think I think the mistake that was made was the softy softy approach particularly to the Dahl protests. You know friend if you if you go if you can if you can write and intimidate and loot and do everything else knowing there are no consequences people will do it. Mm. Right? I mean, look, I I'd go parochial here. I dealt with loads of different scenarios in, 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 in Borough where I was stationed for a number of years. And I can tell you one thing, the lads were afraid of me. Were they? I respected them. We get on well. They were afraid of me, yeah. Because I was take, going to take no, nothing from nobody. And I, I remember a few situations here in town where, I'll tell you one thing, there wasn't long scattering. Because they got they got hammered. They got hammered. I remember I remember going off with my youngest there one day to a. a, 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 a they were playing hulling, and I came back and I got a call, of course, and of course, you you abandon everything and you defend the town you're working. Mm. But it, it was a traveller field, and, and uh, they were doing up the square, and both at the time they were throwing bricks and everything else at one another, and, and uh, uh, it was a righteous situation. But uh, I mean, that's one example. I, I can assure you, Fran. That 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 the, bat, the timber wasn't spared, as we'd say.
1: So you waded in, Christy, along with Absolutely your. your Absolutely,
8: you have to, friend. We, there's no half measures here, friend. Right? Mm. And when you, when young lads see that, they're, they're afraid of you. And friend, I'll be honest with you, <clears throat> a little bit of fear is no go, is our no harm because I couldn't rear my family in this town and deal with the situations I dealt with, if there wasn't a certain amount of fear there. Because they would intimidate my kids and my wife and myself. Yeah, it's, a, it's very interesting
1: to hear you, you you say that. Because nowadays, I mean, the guards are reprimanded if they chase somebody in in a squad car, for example. You know, they.
8: Well, before going forward, the fine, I have to say, it'll be very easy to do, it'll be very easy to negotiate a raft with Commissioner Narnia because he's totally he has no, he, he has no wing. You, yeah, he's, do you, he's do you, to, you think his totally
1: position is untenable uh, at this point? Do you well, think?
8: would you say, friend, that he's going to start arguing with the guards, with the with the ordinary fo- uh, uh, foot soldier guards over a roster? Well, no,
1: it, he, it certainly would be very difficult because he needed them from all round the country on Friday night, you know, and that's the concern I have. To maintain that sort of presence in the capital means that in Tipperary and in Cork and in Limerick will be depleted in in the numbers available to us.
8: You see, it's a temporary solution to a permanent problem, friend. Yeah. But the one thing I would say is that if you if you if you do, if you're not decisive, you know, if you're driving a car across the road, friend, and you stop halfway through a, a busy road, you're going somebody's going to run into you. You know, yeah. and if you're not decisive, when you make a decision in life in any walk of life. I think you have to be decisive about it, and if you're half-hearted about it, you're going to run into trouble. And and I mean, it's a different mindset. Uh, as you point, pointed out, there, it's, They went out with a different uh, mindset on, mm. on on the following night yeah. because they were allowed to... I mean, God bless us and save us. If you have to, if you have to to start writing reams, because you used a baton. Well, sure. I mean, why why would you give a man a baton? Where was the pepper spray? We, we had to we had to go up to the neighbour's field to get a couple of churns to get to to get water up to the north to get to water okay. cannons.
1: Yeah,
8: I know. I mean, I know. I, and and then and then the uh, uh, minister for justice comes on the other day there yesterday and says she's going to throw another three or four lumps of elastoplast uh, of, of, um, at something more money. Should I mean, the the problems aren't being dealt with any at all, friend. Anyway. Oh. I mean, the bottom line, if a young lad is leaving the house to create problems, or a young girl, or anybody else, and they know the consequences are, it's very easy to identify a man with a burst head, Fran. But if you put your hand in the fire, you expect it to get burned. So, but if they were going out, behaving the way they were doing, lawlessness, the guards afraid to go near them, intimidate him, call him everything under the sun... There are scoreless comments about their wives and their children and their the mothers and everything else. I mean, i tell you one thing, Fran. I would have broken rank because I, I would not tolerate that. And to whatever consequence it be for myself, I wouldn't have tolerated that. Christy, and, th- and it's a different mindset.
1: Thank you so much for coming on with us uh, this morning and giving us that angle and that insight as well. Thanks, Christy. Thank you. Good morning to,
8: you. to you, I mean, you.
1: You too. Thank you indeed. Let's go to uh, Michael now. Michael, good morning to you.
9: Morning, Frank. Thanks for having me on. Giving oh, me, me a chance to... You're very welcome. Him.
1: You're very welcome indeed. You were listening to Christy there. Do you think... Would you be in agreement with some of what he had to say to us there?
9: 100% Fran. I mean, you know, what, what we witnessed there the other evening in Dublin was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. And what I can't understand, Fran, like I've heard... Um, I, I haven't heard why they can't reintroduce the army now. I mean... When the, the the banks were being robbed and the, the money in transit was being um, being been raided, yeah, there yeah. The, the army cooperated with with the guardie uh, in order to prevent the situation, uh, basically to to stop money being robbed, and and um, now we have a situation where lives have been lost, uh, and they seem to be very reluctant to introduce the army. I mean, we brought home two hundred army professional army uh, peacekeepers from the Lebanon the other night, people that are trained and practice peacekeeping in a very difficult environment. And why can't we use the army in Dublin rather than expect guards at at the drop of a hat to come from Sligo or Tipperary and, and rush up to Dublin with no previous confrontational experience like like went on in Dublin the other night. Uh, and a lot of them terrified out of their lives. And I don't blame them, Fran. You were a little bit upset a the the couple of weeks ago when your son uh, emigrated to Australia. Yeah. Well, I, you know, if my children were at that age deciding on, the, on their career now, I would much prefer to see them going to, up to Australia to, to enjoy themselves and enjoy life rather than join the Gardaí and yeah. two reasons two reasons they're not yes. being properly paid they can't afford to live in Dublin when, they, when, they, when they're drafted in there uh, and, they, and they can't afford they, they have no experience in dealing with a situation like you were in Dublin the other evening Yeah, and so they, they, can, they,
1: uh, they don't have proper training I, there was one picture that was staying in my mind from Thursday um, which was the Garda who was isolated on his own and surrounded by some of the yeah, thugs somewhere. he was
9: be alive. This he is is
1: like extremely lucky to be alive. I
9: yeah. mean, you played a, a clip on your on your program the other day about uh, uh, you know some guy in, instructing people to yeah. you know go out in 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 clusters and kill anybody that's yeah. not doesn't seem to that doesn't look as if he's Irish. Yeah. yeah, you know this is what they were up against the other night, like, and to see that the type of destruction that evolved. I mean, about a month ago, maybe it's long longer ago now, when that poor misfortunate man from America was beaten up in the streets within Talbot Street. Mm. And there was commentators on the national radio, and probably on your own programme as well, talking about feral youths. Mm, Yeah,
1: yeah.
9: You know, think about what they do in Brazil. Every now and again, they go out and they round up all these feral youths and bring them in and shoot them. Good God. That's what they do in Brazil. And, like, if you take a situation like, you know, I'm living on a farm here and we're very animal-friendly, and if young cats come in and sometimes they... The population gets out of control, and when you see a little nest of kittens, and you can cuddle them and just domesticate them in a couple of hours. But if they're not caught, if they're not domesticated when they're young, uh, it's almost impossible to domesticate a feral cat-like. And it's the same with those misfortunate kids in Dublin, like, because they have, obviously their parents, like, if if their parents are still looking after them, uh, don't seem to be too worried about the way they behave when they grow out. and. Um, Therefore, to become fell, if you like, to, it's an awful expression to use for a human being, like. But I mean, that is the situation. Now, this is the, yeah. the, the question I want to ask, and I, I would challenge any any of the politicians uh, in their own county or in other counties, what would be wrong with having the army on standby in Dublin to come in in time? That situation started to develop in Dublin the other evening there at about half past five, I understand, because I was watching the mm. the Virgin Media News at five thirty, and there was a situation starting to develop down at the end of the streets. Uh, To ring people in Tligo or Tipperary or Kerry or whatever they were coming and expect them to be in Dublin uh, to deal with a situation that was going to explode within a matter of minutes rather than hours... Uh, is not Which sensible, That's, like that's I mean. the
1: point, Michael. There was no plan whatsoever. And, you know, even from much earlier in the day, if, if there was intelligence looking after social yes, media, yes, yes. they would have known that there were plans no. afoot where this is concerned. It, it, does it concern you a little bit, though, that now the conversation is all around these group of scumbags who caused all of this grief where normal, decent, ordinary folk do have issues with immigration, do have fears um, and now that's being glossed over as far-right and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, their their fears are left, go by the wayside.
9: Of course it concerns me. But it concerns me because of the way the government are dealing with the situation. Look what happened in Cashel there a, couple, a couple, two weeks ago right, now. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's you know that's un, almost unbelievable. Like, we have election representatives in the county. That didn't make the the, the 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 people that voted for him aware of what was going to develop. But, but they didn't know.
1: They're telling us they didn't know, Michael.
9: But they? Shouldn't know? Like, why shouldn't they know? Like, mm. why didn't yeah. they know? I don't. Because they didn't ask questions. I like, I mean, you know, if you don't ask questions, if you're involved in a, in an organisation and you don't ask the awkward questions, they might be seen to be, you know there's very few politicians in Darwin, in, in like apart from Michael Fitzmaurice and, and um, Matty here and a few more of them, I'm not going to mention them all, mm. that do ask awkward questions in the Dáil and expect mm. to guess. Alan, Alan Kelly is another guy, like, brilliant man. But that's what's happening, you see. If you don't ask questions and don't insist on getting the proper answer, um, you're not going to be told.
1: But you see, some of these politicians, as you know, Michael, they're bound by the party whip, uh, where... Where certain things are concerned, which
9: is why, which is why the people I mentioned are gone. No, people I mentioned in in this county decided I would be better off to be an independent. I could do my job better. Yeah, and like again, you're going to get a situation then where if they don't deal with the the, the problem sooner rather than later, uh, you're going to get the far right, as they call them, um, getting into look what happened in Ireland last night, like. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and 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 um, there's known an a, a potential explosive situation.
1: Right. Can I put and one I mean, one thing to you that came in from a listener and it's a very interesting point as well. Uh, making the point that if you do put the army on the streets uh, the optics of it could inflame matters and make things worse and uh, worse and particularly from people internationally looking in on what's happening in this country then it would be a very bad look. Does that make any sense to you? Uh,
9: how much worse could it be than what happened in Dublin the other night? How much worse could it be than what had happened outside the Dal? How much worse could it be than what happened back four or five years ago? In, I think it was a May Day protest, wasn't it? Like, you know, and these, this is going to get more and more prevalent now because of the, the situation that we've, we're evolving into, and because, and because um, of, of all the, the, the everything is, is converging. We'll say you have you have the immigration, you have far right, you have you know, COVID is probably responsible for But, I mean, to refer, to refer to those kids that were in Dublin the other night, the vast majority of them wouldn't be scumbags only for the way they were brought up. And, I mean, scumbag is worse than a, a term than, than a fairy youth like. Mm. And, I mean, this needs to be nipped in the bud. And, I mean, there are organisations in Dublin and in every county doing their level best to try and to try and deal with the, the, the situation in the inner city and the deprived areas of the country. Mm. But there's not enough. That's the place to solve the problem. But, but no, Michael, do you go along? Do you, you go?
1: Much? Do you go along with Christy? That nicey, 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 um, you know, liberal stuff. Is, is that out the window? Does it need to be hardline now?
9: But, uh, look, I mean, at, at the present time, that's why I'm saying the army should be brought in. It mm. does in the short term. Yes, it's a temporary but, solution. But even to... how
1: the guardy—I mean, I like—I know it was necessary. I was a little bit uneasy on Friday night about seeing the guardy with the battens, only because we're not used to that. Do you do you know what I mean? But I was
9: uneasy when I saw a guard w- w- with his cap off and yes. he'd being surrounded. And, by and you. I made That's and I made, made that only... point
1: as well. I'm just saying we're so used to this notion of sort of you know policing that we all agree upon.
9: Yeah, but that was okay while, while, while there was law and order in the country of some description. Yeah. But at the minute there is, you know, we saw what happened in Tamela recently. You know, at the minute yeah. there is a total breakdown of law and order. And people have no respect for the Gardaí, and the Gardaí are, are in a very, very, um, <coughs> you know, every guard now feels hopeless about his occupation and his profession, mm-hmm. which is why <laughs> nobody needs to... to, to to have to tolerate that type of an environment. You can go and get a nice-off job now and earn just as much money and you have, you don't have any threat to your life or you don't have any um, people spitting in your face or that sort of stuff. Like, I mean, it's absolutely crazy what's going on. Right. And I cannot understand like why the, the, the powers that be, if you like, the, you know they come on there and they they're rolling with rolling the country is rolling with money and they have money for this and they have money for that and they're spending money like never before uh and the are not spending and on, you know making people And, and Michael
1: a final question if I could the position of the minister for justice uh, minister McEntee, and uh, the garda commissioner drew harris are are their positions tenable do you think do they need to step down
9: well i suppose on that one friend i mean <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Justice any any person who took up the position of minister for health or justice in the in the in the in the in the recent and, and not so not so recent past was never able to deal with the the situation that they they they, they had to try and manage. Uh I I feel sorry for Helen Helen McIntyre, is that her name, isn't it? Really? I mean, you know, a young woman newly married, you know, that should be enjoying her, her children. Um she would be way better off now, in my opinion, if she resigned and looked looked after her kids and her family and get some enjoyment out of her life besides trying to deal with the situation she's presented in. That's the job for a hardened, seasoned politician uh, with, with, with um, you know, a lot more experience than Helen. Like And the best to look to her, but, I mean, if I was her... I, I, I would be handing over that that job to somebody else because um, she's going to regress. It I think, in, in, and I hope she doesn't. But I mean, in my opinion, she will because you know your your, your kids and your family are just yeah a, for a, a, lint- a lot of
1: people that will be waiting in the wings to have a go. What you know over that statement because they'll be making the point that um, you know a woman is quite capable of doing a job of of that stature and still. Maintain a family, and still look after her kids, and all of that sort of thing as well. So you'd
9: well, if they do, that's that's their point of view. Like, but I'm yeah. only giving you my point of view. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, sure. And
1: that's why you're on, Michael. That's why you're on. And, we're and I
9: mean, she would be, she would be, you know, her, you know, she would be going around on, on on tender You know, she would be. Yeah. I, I'm, I presume she has a guard, a escort, and a guard a driver, and all that, sure. that sort of thing. But even with that, like, uh, if things get much worse. Uh sure sh- 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 life would be life would totally. be in danger.
1: Michael, I must I must leave it there, but really good to talk to you, Michael, and I'm glad to have you on air. Thank you so much. Thank,
9: Thank you, Fran. You. You're Thank doing a marvelous job there, anyway. Ah, ah, thanks, best Michael. Luck
1: Thank you Thank indeed, you. and good morning to you. We'll take a break.
2: Tip FM's tip today
0: with Fran Curry, in association with Slatteries of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slatteries Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over fifty years in the Premier County. Slatteries Garage.ie
2: If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on one 800 7
1: Now, TIP FM, delighted to work with St Vincent de Paul on the annual Christmas Toy Appeal, and we're looking for new toy donations from our listeners. Now, your toys will be added to Christmas hampers, which will be distributed throughout uh, County Tipperary. Kieran Stafford is uh, St Vincent de Paul Area President, and he joins me in studio now. Good morning to you, Kieran. Good morning, fine. Thank you for having me on. Now, you're very welcome indeed. We were just chatting off air there about St. Vincent de Paul and the the kind of call that's on you at the moment it's, it's unprecedented isn't it? Yeah
10: it's, it's, uh, it's up quite substantially year on year um, uh, last year um, we uh, made 230,000 calls nationally uh, our expenditure is up hugely um, last year on uh, on the previous year and we expected to, to follow suit again this year. I suppose really at the end of the day what we're seeing on the ground is people just simply struggling to do the basics uh, and we talk about this a lot. Um, you know, we can talk about the uh, kind of stuff that we love to support uh, and really get into like helping people with education and different things like that and, and we continue to do that but really it's the basics that are causing people the most hardship and the most difficulty at the moment. Trying to keep up with the rents, trying to keep up with the bills trying to put food on the table Um, uh, and I suppose this is traditionally what the society has always been doing Uh, But we're seeing more and more people uh, being uh, dragged into the poverty trap and uh, just struggling on on a day-to-day basis with the basics.
1: And I can't imagine
10: the toll that
1: that must take in in every way, but particularly,
10: I suppose, where mental health is concerned. Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing people who are working full-time coming to us um, who are really struggling just to to meet the bills. It's absolutely soul-destroying. I think people will really be kind of looking at themselves and kind of saying, you know, what am I doing wrong? And, And the answer is that they're doing nothing wrong things that are going way out and beyond the control of, of the ordinary decent person on the street, people on low income, people who are working part time, um, it's the rents, it's the cost of living crisis that we have all been experiencing over the last 18 months, um, it's taking its toll on people um, but the good news is that there's organisations as ourselves who are here to help. All you have to do is pick up the phone and we'll be there.
1: Mm. Um, a lot of people find it very hard to understand because, I mean, here we we have the government coming out and telling us about how much money uh, there is in the coffers, how well we're doing, full employment and uh, all of that. But there is this strata of people who are really, as you say, Kieran, struggling.
10: Yeah, I mean, all those statistics are correct. Uh, but on the other hand, um, it's the cost of living, it's the cost of putting food on the table, it's the cost of sending your child to school, uh, the fact that, that many people have part-time work because their family circumstances dictate that, uh, we only have to look at the rent, uh, the cost of rents, uh, all these, th- these things are negating any of the benefits that, that we've seen happening. Um, and. There have been benefits absolutely no doubt whatsoever about that, but they 've been wiped out um, I was speaking to a number of individuals this week, and the uh, the extra money that the government are supplying for people in particular circumstances this week it 's gone straight off of bills you know so um, and a lot of, in a lot of the cases, these are arrears on bills that they yeah. just haven 't been able to keep up with. Of course, all the year is difficult for the people in question, but I mean, Christmas time is—it must be really, really difficult because it's so expensive. Yeah, we talk about this a lot, really. Um, I suppose you're trying to prioritise to keep the the, the basics. Number one thing is to keep the roof over your head. Nobody wants to find themselves uh, without accommodation. Uh, Then obviously after that, you've got food on the table and you've got your light and your heat. So people are are trying to organise themselves. They're trying to plan for Christmas but when you just don't have the income um, it's just so difficult to try and pull everything together. The one big fear that we have is that people will turn to moneylenders. Um yeah. people will have to go to the credit union or they might have to rely on credit cards or or, or, or whatever. Um, we want to avoid that happening because it's only kicking the can down the road, and it's just making the the, the job all the more difficult for next year when when the chickens come home to roost. Then
1: people who have come into the country, whether they're asylum seekers or Ukrainian refugees
10: or whatever, are they calling upon you as well? We're not seeing uh, a huge amount in this particular area. I have to say, uh, probably more in 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 the main metropolitan yes. areas, I, I would imagine, but uh, certainly not in this particular area. We're not seeing we've seen uh, you know a, a few a few uh, requests, maybe not. Specifically from them, but maybe some of the organisations that are supporting them. So tell me about the toy appeal then, um, and how important it well, is. Kieran. I was just thinking about it there outside while I was uh, waiting to come in. Um, I suppose if you want to know what difference the, the toy that you buy will, will, will make, um, it's about making Christmas for our family. Um, you know. The parents would have been trying to organise the, the 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 big Santa um, uh, request um, from way 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 back, um, but generally that's about the only thing that they can afford. Um, so you won't have any of the peripheral things that kind of make Christmas, you know, like the board games, the jigsaws, the books that are so important, you know, for the development of children. Um, and those are the kind of things that we really appeal for, um, and and really really make the difference. Um, it makes a difference between having you know a couple of 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 uh, stock. Fillers for the kids, and again, we're not asking people to uh, overburden yourselves. We're very, very conscious that people are under pressure at the moment, and there's a lot of cause for, for, for your support. Uh, indeed, um, the support to the society has been up hugely in in the last year, and we are deeply, deeply uh, grateful for that. Uh, we're simply just asking if you're in a position to pick up uh, a, a nice uh, toy. It might be a cuddly toy for 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 a toddler. It might be a board game. It might be a jigsaw puzzle. It might be uh, books. Uh, quite often we find as well is that the teenagers in the families are, are neglected because the small kids are looked after first and right, rightly so but they're important too yes. uh, and uh, you know we have to consider them as well if you can afford to, to get a voucher for a pharmacy for, for um, you know, a little bit of makeup or whatever for the teenagers. Uh, you know, a sports shop so they can maybe get a t-shirt or pair yeah. runners or some, something like that, or maybe some of the second-hand uh, exchange shops, which are absolutely brilliant for value. You know, for for phones and for uh, games and and different things like that. If you can afford to do any of those things, it would be deeply appreciated and would make a hell of a lot of difference to a lot of people who are struggling this Christmas.
1: Well, we're definitely going to be a depot here at uh, Tip FM HQ, Floor Business Park in. Atlanta. Clan Mel we'd be delighted to to take in um whatever toys or indeed, as you say, make up or phones or whatever people can can uh, afford to give uh, this year, and we will announce the other outlets uh, throughout the week that will be running on our uh, advertisements uh, as well. But again, I mean, the people of Tipperary traditionally have been extremely generous
10: here, and there's they have no been doubt, absolutely unbelievable yeah. year on year. Um, we come out and we tell the story of, of what we're experiencing on the ground. We tell people exactly, you know, how difficult it is for people that, that we're we're, we're, we're uh, supporting, and every single year, year on year, the the public responds to it, and, and you know, this is society has been in in Clomel and in South Tip over 170 years and year on year people put their hands in their pockets and they support us and in supporting us they're supporting the fellow people in the community who are struggling
1: I was reading a piece in uh, the Indo today from your national president and uh, she was making a very interesting point she said she spoke to one mother in recent weeks who wished the holidays were over and that they had never even begun it was so
10: difficult for her to navigate this I think if if you really Dwell on that and think about that. Um, how sad is that? Really, you know, it's a time that we all look so forward yeah. to. Family are coming home. We're meeting up. Um, you know, you're, you're uh, sharing gifts. Uh, you're having you lighting the fire. You're having having the you know the food and that. Um, it, it's it's such a pivotal time of the year for so many people, and for it to hear that that some young mother is kind of saying this is a nightmare. I, I just wish I could wake up from. Uh, it's terrible really when you think of it. Yeah, and you,
1: you know I can't help but think the the people who were enjoying the tour show for instance on on friday night and kids around the tv and the magic of the toys and, and and there are families who you know were completely freaked by that as well because they just can't afford to as,
10: as well as as um i it, you know uh, i thought when i was watching it um how many families are watching that in hotel rooms you know um, um you know seeing the magic of christmas seeing you know all the joy which is absolutely great and and, and right to do but how many of our Poor families and children are watching that from hotels and from a cold house or from a difficult situation. Mm, it's important to keep that in mind. As I
1: say, we're a HQ here uh, for to accept uh, your toys and uh, we'll be
10: announcing uh, the other places as well throughout the next uh, couple of days. Kieran, and can I just say before see? we finish up, sure. uh, we're deeply grateful to, to yourself, the staff of Tip FM, who year on year uh, launched this really, really important uh, toy appeal which makes such a difference to so many people. Thank well, you so much. We're, we're delighted to play a small part in that. Karen, thanks very much indeed.
7: News and information is coming up.
1: Gurmila Mahagat Pat, and uh, welcome back to the second hour of tip today. Keep those calls coming into Ellie. It's a free phone number, 1800 938 007. The text and WhatsApp is 083 311 3311. <laughs>
2: It's Christmas in Thurlis.
1: Well, there you go. That is your cue to call. And we have those fantastic prizes. That's uh, three €50 Euro vouchers to give away every single day this week for all sorts of wonderful businesses in the Thurlis area, such as Bookworm, and there's Barry Super Value there, in Statham's Office Supplies. There's Helen's Kids Wear, the Mal Curious, um, Shave the Man Road, uh, Boomerang Country Store, Dublin Road. There's Michael... Uh, Michael's Jewelers on the Westgate and it goes on and on and on. So that is your cue to get involved and we'll give away those uh, uh, those vouchers a little later on. Right now, though, it is time for financial advice and uh, delighted to have Frances O'Hanlon of FOH uh, Financial joining me in studio. And it's your very last visit to us for the year. Where did the year go, I know, go, don't,
11: don't ask me. I yeah. can't believe it. It's just incredible. Just flown by, hasn't Absol- it? Absolutely. Time time is just
1: fine. you are
11: having fun, Fran.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. But some some of us are having fun. But don't, don't don't, let's get into that. Well, we deal with some of the questions first of all, Francis. Mm-hmm. Um, ask Francis, when are we receiving the extra money for disability? So
11: just bearing in mind now, some of these questions came in from our, after our last session mm-hmm. and after yes. the budget session. So I would expect that some of these payments have already been received. Um, so uh, I suppose if we're talking about about the regular increase on the weekly benefit yes. that comes into effect in January twenty four. But there are some pre Christmas lump sum payments, fuel payments, bonuses, etc. due, and I expect they're being either have been paid as I speak in mm. the maybe last today, maybe, week, yes. today, yeah. this week. Um, but the lump sums w- are, I suppose, payment is imminent. Um, the regular payment increases come into effect from January.
1: Mm, yeah, it's interesting where the disability one that comes in in January, but some of the price increases they manage to put those up uh, pretty much straight away. Yeah, you know, so.
11: Yeah, I know <laughs> you. You kind isn't? of you wonder about the uh, the real effect sometimes, I but suppose, I suppose yeah. look, at least it's it's something that people have. In their pockets to do and delegate as as they can, yeah. and as I've said before, it never fails to amaze me. People that have very very little money are sometimes the most unbelievable money managers because they have to be. They they have to, That's to be reality. Yeah.
1: But to listen to, to Kieran Stafford there, from, I know. from Saint Vincent all was
11: uh, sobering. I think oh, absolutely, word, an incredible it? work they yeah, do. Sure. Frank, you
1: asked the lady. That would be Francis. Um, If there's any advice on disability allowance, for example, saving, etc., if you were left money inheritance, says Mary.
11: So, again, and I always say, you know, we answer these questions to the best of our ability, um, but it's normally in general terms because we don't have specifics. Mm. This is definitely one I can't answer without specifics because, you know, I... I'd need to know specific details like what is their full income? Mm. um, What expenditure do they have? um, What's their attitude to risk? How long could they put money away for? So I can't, mm. I'm not again being evasive. Yeah. I would say this person would need to seek... Um, individual financial advice to get a plan that suits them and suits their exact situation. I guess the, the
1: amount of the inheritance and who it's from
11: Yeah, well the inheritance I'm I'm expecting that the tax is probably paid yes. um, but it, possibly and I might I'm just reading into this, it might be the knock-on effect that it has on benefits possibly Ah, as well. Um, That would need to be taken into consideration as in how is it going to affect what payments they have, if any, especially if it's means tested.
1: Right. And if you're on a disability payment and if you're fortunate enough to get some sort of windfall... Mm. Do they look at
11: that? Yes, again, I mean then? yes, certain pa- wow. certain payments are looked at and means because they basically say, Okay, if you have a lump sum of up to twenty thousand, in some instances it can be up to fifty thousand, depending on the allowance. Um, that's ignored. But beyond that, then they apportion per thousand thereafter, they reduce the amount potentially that you're in receipt of
1: Wow. Yeah. And so, and I presume then it's your obligation to inform them of the windfall or the Yes, I
11: would of, say that yes, that's the You have a lovely thing. little
1: smile on you. When,
11: <laughs> but but the truth is yes, yes, they should and indeed if um it's been assessed again, the obligation is to put it down because you're signing. Okay.
1: Right, interesting indeed. So, for that. Um, This is a peculiar one. Anyway, Fran, I'll be 66 in February next. I Mm. applied for state pension in August and got no acknowledgement. My wife got an acknowledgement on receipt of her application. Who should I contact?
11: So, I'm just going to ask here, is your wife older or younger than you? Um, If slightly older, I would say, um, you know, she will get... she will get it, or sorry, you will get it in the next couple of weeks. You normally, they say three months prior to 66. Yes. Um, but you can always check. Um, they And they say on their website, say with the Department of Social Welfare intro, they say you should apply three months before you reach the age, age of 66. So if it's a thing that, um, you know, it might be that his wife is slightly older, and that she's already been assessed because she was closer to the, the 66 okay. than he is, if that makes sense. But I would say, look, if in doubt, go and check with them. But I expect they might say if there's more than three months to your 66th birthday, they might say, listen, you're in the queue. Um, we'll get to you.
1: Alright, okay. okay. Another one. I'm 68 and I work as an SNA. Am I entitled to claim my old age pension now at 68? Yep.
11: Yeah, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. At 68, why not 66, right? Because they should have um, been in receipt of their old age pension at 66. That makes me wonder, though, what PRSI class they are. Mm. Uh, you know, you would expect, in my experience, an SNA, um a special needs assistant, who's working under the Department of Education would be Class A PRSI, so therefore right. they should be entitled to their state pension um, at 66. It might be that they haven't claimed. Uh, as and as that's simple all- as that. You know, it's as simple as that. It doesn't matter if you're still earning. You can still, you're still entitled to stay pension. And explain
1: that to us. You have to go and apply. You're not going to be sent this. No, so it's back to
11: our previous caller that has applied and he's saying, you know, I haven't heard anything. And we're saying, look, you need to apply within normally within three months. But with this person, we're saying they're 68. They probably never applied. And if it's a late claim, Right, you can only claim back six months. So if if it's sixty eight that this person still hasn't claimed their entire, and I'm we're assuming here they're entitled to the state pension, by the way. But they won't
1: get the two years now. They they'll no
11: technically, and again, look, every circumstance is different. But you know, there's a late claim section that you can read, um, and basically it says six months, a maximum of six months that you can claim back. But by the way. You know you're entitled to this if you've decided to work on. That's fine, but you're entitled to get your state pension at 66. So I would be saying you need to go and get this done now. Now you'll pay tax, Mm. obviously, because you've got your SNA income and this person potentially has a state pension on top of it. So all of a sudden they're going to be paying more tax, but better to have it in hand. Mm. Okay, so they need to look at their situation. You know, there will be the option to defer, but by virtue of the fact that they've turned, you know, 66 two years ago, they need to look at this. They need to go about it.
1: Question often comes up on Mm. the programme, Francis, and good luck with this one. Why don't carers get the fuel allowance?
11: Uh, Yeah, again, probably because the expectation is that the recipient of the care, right, is on some form of disability or state benefit, and they're the ones that are getting the fuel allowance. Does that make sense? Yes. So, therefore, if it's in the same household, um, there can be only one, right? right? There can only be one fuel allowance paid. So, if the person that's in receipt of the care is already claiming the fuel allowance, and if this person is living with them, there's only one can be paid. Now, if that person lives outside the um the the house of the person they're caring for, mm. um then they can possibly apply, but it's means tested. And um, there was a time where even if you were in receipt of half carers allowance, you couldn't apply, but now you can. So mm. I would say again it's hard to answer here because i don't yeah, know because if they're... you're
1: caring for a child for example
11: yeah I mean, and you know. if you're you're caring for a child basically you're in receipt of the full carers allowance but again they're looking at the broader income in the household Right. okay so if it's a thing that the the carer is married say and their spouse is earning sixty thousand a year, hmm. then they're looking at the overall situation, and then they're saying, "Well, no, you're not entitled to it under the means testing
1: for hmm. the fuel allowance." Some of that always seems very unfair to me. Yeah,
11: but, absolutely. But, but Look, you you'd really question
1: somebody else uh, inquiring about uh, the increase in the old age pension. That's that's January as well. January it? twenty-four. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. What happens if you are paying interest only? On the mortgage. Okay, so this
11: feeds back. This is back to the interest relief. Okay, so that doesn't matter because, again, this is the the, uh, intervention I'll use or temporary intervention where they're giving a a tax relief um, for those people whose interest has gone up from 2022. You have at the 31st of October. Of December 22, your mortgage must have been greater than 80,000, but no more than 500,000. Yes. Okay. So it's a one off relief. And the maximum you can get is 20%, okay, or 1,250 max. So what you have to do is you have to upload your statements. From 2022 and 2023. So bearing in mind, we're still in 23. You won't be able to download that st- or get that statement probably until January, at which point you have to go into myrevenue.ie. It doesn't matter whether you're interest only or whatever. The point is that you're paying interest. OK, yes. so as long as the mortgage at the 31st of December 22 was greater than 80,000, but less than 500,000, then in January twenty four, you go onto my revenue. You upload your twenty two and your twenty three statements, and then your claim um, develops okay. from there.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Um, it's Christmas time okay. and all of that. So very expensive time of the year. And again, we we discussed yeah. this with Karen earlier on. But I mean, it is really, really
11: absolutely, expensive, yeah, isn't it, it? it really is. And you look obviously more, exp- you know more expensive for some than others. Like, mm. you know, expensive for families um, with young children and, you know, long mm. Santa lists. Um, put down top of that, then increase in interest rates and mortgages. Mm. Um, you know, inflation, though cooling, inflation. Um, and I suppose the energy crisis, which is receding, but not mm. gone by any means. Um so look that puts serious strain on it people does.
1: and every every year we, we could almost repeat the no, same thing to be piece honest every friend, year, and it? we
11: are and yeah. it you know if people are listening thinking you know, did did we not discuss this? Did we hear yes. this before? Yes. yes, and you will hear it again and again because, unfortunately, that is just the reality. Yeah. These are the fundamentals. Now, if
1: people listened last year and in previous mm. years, they would have been saving all year and Abs- they wouldn't have to borrow.
11: Well, I, and I just, I, there's one particular guy in my locality, young lad. And yeah, tell around, me about that. I yeah, thought that was a great In story. around me, I was uh, walking home one evening and uh, uh, there was some event locally and he shouted across. The, the, the road to me that he was already saving, so that tells me a couple of things. You know, first of all, the, the demographic of Tip FM is wide. Um, I think this guy is probably around 22 now, so um, he, he took your advice, he, he took the advice, well and done. he told me in May that he was already saving. But I suppose, look, you know, joking aside, it is important that's your ideal, yes. your ideal is to save because, again. Christmas comes every year. But well, many
1: families are in that trap, Francis, you know, that they, they borrow for Christmas, they pay it off, and then they borrow again. For yeah. And it's very hard to, to manoeuvre yourself out of that.
11: Yeah, it is, it? because again, that comes... The only way you'll manoeuvre out of it is that you make a concerted effort to say, OK, I'm not doing this again, and I have a little bit extra this year. Um, uh, Because I've got an ink or, you know, slight cut in maybe um, taxes or extra allowance from whatever, yeah. Um, my interest rate is okay or whatever. And that you say, okay, I have this extra amount of money. It could take you a couple of years to get the momentum yeah. behind, uh, to be in a position where you don't have to borrow anymore and that you're saying, okay, that you have a buffer. For example, again, as if somebody who's getting tax relief on their mortgage and let's say they're getting the infamous 1250 back, that'd be a great kickstart to, to put yourself in a position from next year on that you wouldn't have to borrow uh, for Christmas, that you could use that as a base and then you could just mm. add a little bit to it. But I mean, these are all... The ideals and the reality of, of it when people are on the ground and they're, they're trying struggling. to pay bills and there's something goes or the washing machine goes or whatever it be, yeah. that, that's a different matter. But look, the ideal is safe. Um, I suppose this year, as every year, I would say try and shop local as you can. You know, I know you were saying there was a great event in 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 Nina yesterday. You know, about
1: a thousand people out in the street. You know, isn't it great? Yeah, yeah. You know, really is. So and and shop local. In fact, was was behind that.
11: And I mean, look if we're if we're looking at Tipperary, try and shop local. But if we're looking anywhere, like I mean, look at all of those. Poor, misfortunate uh, retailers yeah, in those yeah. areas that were really badly flooded. I mean, I think it's really important. It's important every year,
1: but yes. it, it's particularly important. And and would you just have a quick word with us? Of course, you know we have Black Friday behind us, even yeah. though it sort of tends to trundle on. Mm. We have Cyber Monday, I think today. Today, and yeah. beware of what appears. Uh, yeah,
11: absolutely. Know? Just be careful. Do I? I mean, I would always say, do your list. Yeah. You know, you know, you. We ask are smallies to do their list right? I would say do your own list mm. and put down a list of what you think you need and which needs to be aligned with your budget yes. okay and just do your homework now it's probably it's too pa it, it's past now for for Black Friday, but for cyber Monday and there's always some kind of offers. Are they genuine offers? Mm. Are you overpaying? Could you know if you waited until next week? You, if you can try and do your homework earlier, yes. if you can do your homework in September or October, especially for bigger ticket ticket items, but, I think but it's you really can important. take it in
1: so easily, Francis. A, a few weeks ago, I was trying to buy an iPad mm. and I thought I came across the most amazing bargain mm. about half price. Mm. said, so this is wonderful for once. I double checked. I thought it was too good to be. A, it was a previous generation, yeah, um, yeah, of, of iPads. Yeah, so, you know,
11: and and I, we could have gone shopping together because <laughs> my my second year college student. We were literally standing in front of an iPad, thinking, "Well, why is that one so much cheaper <laughs> than this one?" Yes. and again, when you're adding it's on the
1: previous the, the, oh, the yeah, stylus the, pen yeah, and whatever,
11: and of course, that was previous generation. Yeah. Uh, and again it's just technology oh, again it's, it's, it's moving so
1: fast you absolutely. see so so the buy now pay later and all of that yeah so um,
11: look again i would just say this is all the rage so you know pay later with klarna you know it, it, i yeah.
1: suppose or many What's people the- not 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 from when I was chatting about this in the office, not familiar with. Klarna.
11: Yeah, it's it's all the rage. Is it? On yeah. you know, or if you're looking at say the various very and whatever it be, and uh, um, all of these websites, they're offering this to people where it's basically buy now and pay later. So they vary, okay. So some of them, like if I'm looking at the Klarna for for instance, this is definitely the All the rage. We mentioned this about two years ago, and it's becoming increasingly, increasingly popular. So what's the catch? Nothing, I would say, if you stick to the terms and conditions as to when you have to pay it back. Okay? Um, But as ever, check the fine print and the detail. Because there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? Now, possibly... You know, in this situation, they're saying buy it, you can pay it back in 30 days or some of them are three months and there's no interest. So that's fantastic as long as you can do it. If you can't, Mm. then all of a sudden you could be heading into almost 40% interest. Okay, Um, And the other thing is, if you don't pay it back, then all of a sudden it could be affecting your credit rating. Yes. And that's a whole different
1: and ball game. we're always warning about that.
11: Absolutely. You, yeah? And we know because the reality is that anything over €500, Euros, OK, be it a Klarna, be it a ca- any other catalogue, credit card, overdraft, it reports to the central credit register. And anything that you do on that €500 Euros affects your credit rating, therefore. So it's really important that you're aware of what you're getting into Fantastic. If it's a thing that you can avail of these and you can pay it over the three instalments if you no interest, brilliant. But if you can't,
1: you it may not be
11: the way for you to go.
1: One of our listeners on straight away to ask you how long does it take to repair your credit rating? That's five
11: years. Again, five years. Yeah. yeah. Realistically, um, you know, if it's a thing, and that's on the assumption that the I suppose the error is corrected.
3: Okay.
1: Okay.
11: So if it's a thing. Oh, that's
1: very interesting.
11: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if it's a thing that is an ongoing issue, it's not sorted, so it's still going to show. Okay. Or if, for example, that you had a loan and there was an issue and you closed it off, right? Some people think, oh well, that's gone. It's gone. It's not okay because that record um, will stay there.
1: Okay. Oh, that's very interesting. I think most people are of the opinion that, you know, after five years, whatever happened is
11: wiped. Yeah, no, it has to be sorted. You have to deal with it, be it, you know, again, it may have been that it was a situation back in the day where it was written off or whatever, Mm. but you need, I would say you can do a credit check on yourself once a year, and we've mentioned this before, do it. It's a great way just to see where you're at.
1: Yes, okay. Money lenders, needless to say. Look. Yeah.
11: Don't go there. Don't. If don't you go there. Like okay. and again, here we are saying, oh, save, oh, don't yeah, do that, yeah. don't do this. Some people, their back is against the wall. We're just trying to say, please, please be so careful. For people that are on social welfare, don't forget the, your local credit union. Okay, mm. um, you've got a facility for those that are on social welfare. It's called it makes sense loan. Right. okay so they're trying this is a facility that's in place um for those that are on social welfare social welfare recipients um there's a maximum of twelve percent there's various credit unions participate in that and it's basically to try and keep people away from
1: Money lenders, of course. Basically, and, and yeah, basically. Court, or credit cards where you're yeah, paying absolutely. unbelievable interest.
11: Unfortunately, so, yeah. it is only for um, people. The, it makes sense, Loan is only for social welfare recipients. But don't forget, you know, the credit union, if you have a record with them back to, you know, establishing yourself or your own bank or whatever it be. Yes. Um. You know, you can always borrow, you know, take your... I'm just saying, say it's 500 euros that you spend every Christmas, it might be that you borrow that on a term loan basis rather than putting it on a catalogue where you're going to default and not be able to honour um, the three-month clause yes. or whatever it be. And all the repercussions So just, from just that be then as in well. tune with what be, you're borrowing before, and how you're doing Before
1: it. I let you go, Francis, just a quick look back. I mean, what a year. It's unreal,
11: isn't it? And again... You know, last year we were saying we were looking back on the on COVID, COVID and yeah. whatever it be, as we were the year before. Now this year, like it, obviously the effects of climate change, yeah. even for the the most cynical of people, have to say what is going on. We've a war in Gaza. We've a war in Ukraine, which seems to have slipped down the headlines. You know, earthquakes, uh, it, it's just, you know, yeah. Is it almost biblical? Yeah, <laughs> What's happening? Know. Uh, you know, millions of people in the displaced in the world, energy and food crisis. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, and I suppose, look, rioting we,
1: in our capital city, <sighs> for instance. I mean, Francis, really, you know? yeah. Let's
11: let's not even.
1: Yeah,
11: it, it's yeah. just hard to consider. But in saying that, there are an awful lot of positives, and we've said this before that Ireland is a fantastic country. Mm. We are really lucky. Mm. Okay, now in saying that, we have to be mindful and mind. Our country and my even back to that situation mm. of what happened last week, yeah like uh, you know uh, taken away from the main event, which was a horrific stabbing yeah. in our capital city, but I suppose I would just say to people, if you're in a desperate situation, if you feel you 've nowhere to go, there's lots of places out there, heard Kieran Stafford you yeah. know speaking earlier, St Vincent de Paul, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable the work there's, they do for so people. There's so many great
1: organisations. But I would
11: out also out say, so if you're in a position, give to St Vincent de Paul if mm-hmm. you can. Is a great. If, Sometimes if, the, the, the warm glow of giving is, is fantastic Of course as well.
1: it is. If people want to talk to you and get some advice, Francis, how can they do that?
11: Okay, so they can ring the office 0526129487 or they can go onto our website www.foh.ie.
1: All right, great to see you and happy Christmas and to you, you and the, the team. And thank, you thank you for all the well. wonderful pieces during the thank year, Francis, as well. We'll take a break, back
12: with more. Financial advice with FOH Financial Limited. Tried, tried. And experienced advice. See foh.ie. FOH Financial Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.
2: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry. In association
0: with Slattery's of Pocon, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pocon, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's
2: if it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on 1-800-938-007.
1: Now you're very welcome back. Time to talk global politics and glad to be joined in the studio by Thomas Conway as usual. Good morning to you, Thomas. And good, good morning, Fran. Good to see you today. It really is a time of change right around the world. Look at what's been happening in the Netherlands. There's a surprise
13: for everybody. There is a surprise for everybody. I, I could not get over this. I could not get over this outcome for people. who aren't maybe familiar, there was a general election in the Netherlands last week, the long-serving Prime Minister Mark Rutte, who had been in power for about 13 years and has led the Netherlands through thick and thin, he's decided to step down. Uh, It was foreseen that his successor, a woman called Dylane Yesilgodge, would replace him as Prime Minister should they get enough votes. But instead... Who swept to power but a man called Hurt Vilders, who is a far-right character, a real anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim campaigner, anti-Islam campaigner. Just a remarkable result. The opinion polls didn't foresee it. Nobody foresee it. No, nobody saw it coming. Uh, but Vilders snatched power and it looks out like now that he will be able to form a coalition with a number mm. of uh, slightly smaller parties. And Thomas,
1: would he not have difficult forming, uh, difficulties forming a coalition? Because a lot of the parties were saying, we, we wouldn't work with him. But of course, this was ahead of the election. This was ahead
13: of the election. And that would have been their long-standing views because Wilders is a fascinating man. He's not, he's not a new kid on the block. Mm. This guy has been around the place for the past 20 years or so. He's always been there agitating for change. He's been one of the foremost right-wing characters across the EU. We saw them spring to popularity during the kind of migration crises of around 2015 to 2018, that kind of period at time. Mm. Since then they're, they've they kind of maybe lost a little bit of popularity, they've fallen in the opinion polls somewhat, but my God, as he, he burst back onto the scene now. Did,
1: did he follow in the steps of Marine Le Pen in France in that, did he begin to water down some of his yeah. rhetoric
13: And he way? moderated and softened, and this has been a theme we've seen of many right-wing leaders and many right-wing parties. Marine Marine Le Pen being the obvious one, whereby they start to soften and moderate their rhetoric uh, to come across as a little bit more genuine, a little bit more uh, govern responsible, mm. I suppose, is the word I'm trying to uh, trying to find, because they know that in order to to attain the votes they need, that they need to appeal appeal to that middle ground of voters, and that is what Wilders has done here. He has softened his rhetoric slightly. He has kind of veered away from the anti-immigrant, anti uh, anti-Islam stance mm. and concentrated more on. The pressing issues, such as the cost of living, uh, mm. the cost of... the cost. And
1: housing is a huge issue.
13: Housing in is another huge issue in the Netherlands. Yeah. There are all sorts of problems affecting their housing, their property sector. Uh, so by focusing in on these issues, by honing in on these particular issues, he has cultivated quite a strong uh, following, quite a strong mm. uh, cohort of support there. Uh, still, no. though, I didn't foresee this. And, and nobody
1: else did. I was looking at some of the pictures when the, the results came out and the look of shock on some of the uh, politicians was, was incredible. Um, it, it, it's a bit of a culture in the Netherlands, is it not, to take a long period of time to form a government? Yeah, though, they have it?
13: a history of uh, taking absolutely ages to form coalitions. And yeah. Was it 10 months? to 10 months previously the previous for the previous one, yeah. administration, for Rutte's previous administration. The way I foresee this going was there will be some co- sort of confidence and Supply agreement. The we will say formally the main party, the party of Mark Rutte, will will engage in a Confidence and Supply agreement with Hert Wilders' party. He'll be thrown in with a number of other smaller parties there as well. It's quite complicated, quite complex and quite difficult to get your head around. But the thing to realise is that Hurt Filders is here to stay now he is likely going to become prime minister and because of that he's going to be a real thorn in the in the side for the European Union this guy is an advocate of nexit the Netherlands exiting the European Union now He has kind of shied away from that during the campaign. He hasn't made that a campaign pledge because there isn't much appetite for that in the Netherlands at present. But he is still very much an ardent anti-EU campaigner. Uh, He will cause lots of problems in terms of European solidarity, solidarity in respect of the war in Ukraine, in respect of various other issues. So it's difficult to see him getting on well in Europe. Uh, he would probably create more problems than than will be welcomed by European leaders.
1: It's, is it an indication of more to come, though, where elections in Europe uh, are concerned? I
13: think, and I would be fearful, I mean, we saw the events in this country in the past week, we discussed it off air, how yeah. we don't have an actual political far-right grouping were probably quite unique in that respect because a lot of countries do. In the or in Hungary, you have the likes of Viktor Orban there, who's been in government, yeah. been in power for years now. Uh, there are various factions in Poland, other parties. Spain have their own party called Vox, a far-right grouping. These parties are very prevalent across the continent and are dangerous frankly to 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 say the least it's very
1: interesting it's kind of ironic as well the winner of the booker prize i'm not sure if you were reading about it today but it's um a book about a dystopian ireland that is led by a right-wing nationalist government
13: yeah well isn't that could that be prescient yeah it's an amazing
1: prophecy maybe yeah prophecy indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, right so that hostage exchange deal then and the pause in fighting in uh, gaza um what, what about that, yeah, where, I mean, Where are we now where this is concerned? Well,
13: where are we now? I mean, first of all, the, the scenes of Emily Han's reunification yeah. with her father and her half-sister were just, were joyous, were beautiful yeah. to look at. Uh, and it is a reminder that I suppose uh, some positivity can shine through, but... We're still at a very, a very precarious stage in these hostage negotiations. It looks like the truce between Hamas and the Israeli government may well be extended beyond the four days that it was initially agreed, uh, which would allow for the transfer of more hostages. But we're getting into complex territory here. Benjamin Netanyahu has been, he has been unambiguous and unequivocal. He wants this perse- or this prosecution of Hamas to continue. Uh, he will continue this war at all costs um and it looks like beyond uh beyond the next few days we will be plunged mm. back into a state of warfare back into a state of bombardment like we had before. Right. So
1: even if we have an extension Thomas you're saying war will resume.
13: War will, war will resume and war will emerge yet again and I think that is why the international community is increasingly worried. You have leaders like Joe Biden really pushing for the extension of this truce and I think trying to hammer the message home to Netanyahu that they just simply cannot keep persecuting Gazan citizens like this. The civilian death toll is just too high. Yes and, the, and
1: children in particular. And children
13: in particular. Are, are
1: they saying it's, it's described now as a graveyard for children? A
13: graveyard it? for children. That was how the World Health Organisation termed it. Uh, a graveyard for children. And that's exactly what Gaza has become. When you look at the scenes, the rubble and the destruction strewn yes. across the landscape there, it's hard to look at. It's hard to watch. Now Israel have every right to continue in their war against Hamas because it is critical that Hamas, I think, is exterminated. And I think that is that is Benjamin Netanyahu's raison d'etre now. That is what he is in there to do. He is in, he will be forced from power himself, ultimately. Mm. Uh, I can't see him lasting beyond...
1: Yeah, because I I was reading a very interesting article over the weekend, and the speculation is, is this the end of Netanyahu and Hamas?
13: Yeah, and I think that is probably an accurate summation of, of the scenario at present. I think Netanyahu isn't going to last beyond the spring or beyond however long it takes to exterminate or get rid of uh, Hamas from from the Gaza territory because the blood is on his hands. It happened. It was an Israeli intelligence failure, a catastrophic intelligence failure and as Prime Minister, the buck ultimately stops with him. He has to take responsibility for it. He's received plenty of flack from Uh, Israeli citizens from Israeli society for his handling of the crisis. But it looks to me like that would be an accurate summation that Hamas will end and Netanyahu's term as prime minister will end. The question on both fronts is who will come in to replace both Hamas in Gaza and Netanyahu as prime Mm. minister.
1: And do you think, is it inevitable in Gaza, Thomas, that a void will be filled, even if Hamas is exterminated.
13: I think so. Now, there are various ideas floating about. One is that the Palestinian Authority, which is the Palestinian group that controls the West Bank, Mahmoud Abbas, will step in and fill the breach, fill the void. Another is that maybe a coalition of Arab states, the likes of Saudi Arabia, Qatar, the UAE, will will form some Mm. sort of administration. And And would that be acceptable to Israel? I, that is the question. That, yeah. is the, that is the big question. What would be acceptable to Israel and what would be acceptable to Israel's international partners as well? Because right. they cannot allow Gaza, Gaza to slip back into ruin, to slip back to where it was before this crisis began. It is simply unsustainable. That's what Hamas has proved mm. uh, this whole crisis but has. Uh,
1: looking at the photography and the videography... Um I mean, that country will have to be built, rebuilt from scratch. Rebuilt
13: from scratch, effectively. And it will be a major logistical effort. It will be a major humanitarian effort, uh, let alone for the people. You have people here who are not only the, the physically wounded and physically who, who have died. Uh, you have people who will be mentally scared and will hold incredible resentment towards the Israeli government. There is always the danger of an insurrection, the, the, the danger that forces in Gaza will mobilise against uh, the Israeli government. That danger exists there because they've been persecuted so badly now. Uh, It is a really dangerous situation. It's a really complex situation to solve. And there is no easy solution to it, Fran. uh, You know, there are various ways of going about it. I think the international community will be key, though. I think however way it plays out, Mm -hmm. the US, America... Uh, the UK uh, and the European Union will play a big role in the reconstruction effort of Gaza. I think that has to be said.
1: But but any prospect that this piece will last, you, you think?
13: I can't see no, it as an enduring it. piece, no. All right,
1: okay. We ask you to have a look at a historical figure for us every time as well. And uh, an iconic one indeed,
13: um, Bobby Kennedy, Robert Kennedy. Yeah, it struck me. It was the uh, JFK's anniversary, of course, last yeah. Tuesday. Uh, and as we had already done, JFK, I was wondering who... Who to pick? Who, might, who? What character might be suitable? And Bobby struck me as the ideal figure, and he really was. He was an inspiring politician. He was a yeah. generational leader, yes.
1: and but very much part of JFK's successes. Very much part
13: of JFK's success. Well. Yeah. Of JFK's success. He, ser- he served as JFK's attorney general. He was always, I think, the kind of. Uh, One of the hidden faces within the Kennedy family growing up, born November 20th, 1925, also known by his initials, RFK, and by his nickname, Bobby. He was an American politician and a lawyer, served as 64th United States Attorney General from 61 to 1964. That was under the JFK administration. And he helped, he was the man choreographing a lot of JFK's political campaigns. And, of course, he would go on to run a momentous political campaign himself for mm. the presidency in 1968, only to be shot down, to be taken down by Sirhan Sirhan, mm. an assassin uh, in the Ambassador Hotel. He was brutally assassinated like his brother, which really is tragic in the sense that you just wonder, you just wonder what might the world of be course, like had one of the Kennedys survived, had one of them had, stayed around. Had he won the primaries?
1: For the Democratic Party at that point, uh, he, he was, was on the verge. He was well, on the was verge he? of receiving
13: yeah. ratification as as a candidate. Uh, so he was on the verge of standing up to compete against uh, compete against Richard Nixon, yeah. I think, yeah. uh, and stood a real chance a real chance of re-election. Uh, you know, he had been endorsed by by many, by various Democrats, really, really popular, and really popular across the political divide in America. He had appealed to the black community, the Hispanic community. Uh, there was and a sense was of solidarity. Was that because he
1: came across as being fearless? I mean, he took on the the unions, he he took on the mafia. God yep. knows, you know. I mean, was that fearlessness? Part I think there was an element appeal. I think
13: there was an element of that there. I think people found him inspiring. People truly believed yeah. that he could lead and lead America to a better place.
1: Great orator, of course.
13: A fantastic yeah. orator. And yeah. there, is, there are accounts of we'll say the oration, the speech he gave on the night that Martin Luther King was shot yeah. uh in, in one of the cities. It escapes me now but uh, his speech was so moving that there were no riots in that particular city that there was complete solidarity.
1: But the irony of it is, though, he did endorse the the tapping of Martin Luther King's phone, did he?
13: Yeah, there are certain kind of peculiarities like that uh, that creep into the Kennedy story, and I think there are all these hidden secrets in that. Uh, That's when you get behind behind the, the curtain of... Uh, US bureaucracy and the US political system you have lots of things happening lots of surreptitious uh, mm. acts taking place and that was probably one of them he he uh, But on the other hand, he was quite supportive of Martin Luther Mm. King. Uh, He supported the civil rights rights movement, an ardent supporter of it, really. Uh, So that was kind of a peculiarity. But it is amazing to think that. I mean, he was was still a relatively young man when he was assassinated. He stood a real chance of being elected president, a real viable chance uh, of attaining the White House. Uh, but it was cut short for him by Sirhan Sirhan, uh, who it, it came up, he was released for parole, supposed to be released for parole earlier this year. It was denied for him. So he's still in prison. Dad and I just discussing it on the and, way down. And
1: again, a lot of conspiracy, of course, around the killing. A of lot of Bobby conspiracy. Too. Yeah, a typical yeah, yeah.
13: typifying uh the Kennedy name, you know, they really are a family yeah. steeped in ill luck, but they are they are an incredible family, yes. uh, an incredible political dynasty, and there is no other word for them, they were a political dynasty you had Ted, course, which maybe yeah. we'll look at another day, but Bobby I think was mm. was my personal favourite just Once for he,
1: his... Do you know, I think the most interesting of them all is Joe Kennedy is the yeah,
13: father. His father, yeah. Yeah, yeah, his father who who had many different layers to him, was highly oh, yeah. ambitious for his children Ruthless. Uh, ruthless oh, Yeah, yeah, uh, worked with
1: the unions and the Oh, indeed, yeah, indeed.
13: Yeah. And I'm sort of involved in all sorts.
1: Um, Give us a clue what we should be looking out for uh, this week. Um, UK, I suppose, first there's of all. There's plenty of things, yeah, yeah. There's the
13: reaction. We had the UK autumn statement last uh, last week, which is effectively the UK budget. Yeah. So the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, went out and announced a new package of measures, uh, the budgetary measures for the coming year ahead. Uh, it's elicited a mis- mixed reaction. Uh, you, Some voters were... Uh, happy enough with certain tax cuts in it others weren't so weren't so content Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how it pans out over the next few weeks over the next days and weeks because Rishi Sunak as we know is a man under serious serious pressure Labour is all the while climbing in the opinion polls well above him Keir Starmer on course to be the next Prime Minister, bar a major reversal of fortune. So yeah. Rishi uh, would be feeling the heat there.
1: For sure. We mentioned uh, Viktor Orban in uh, dispatches earlier on. What, what's he at
13: now? Where yeah, he's threatening to blow up Ukraine uh, the EU's Ukraine policy. So this is really worrying in respect of the war in Ukraine. Mm. Can Orban, he do, Can he veto that? He has the power of veto. And yeah. this is the thing with the European Union. You need unanimity across the member states in order to approve a decision. So in order to approve a, a, a Make make a formal decision. You need all uh, all 27 member states to agree. Uh, so one one veto can can right. hold up the entire process, and that is what Viktor Orbán has. Uh, he so what is, is this
1: about financial and military support for Ukraine? For is Ukraine,
13: he disagrees with it. He disagrees with it fundamentally, right. uh, and he is in. He's in trouble alright already because the EU was holding back pandemic recovery funds from Hungary. So that's another point of dispute. He may be using this as leverage to kind of get at those negotiations. So it's a really it's a really interesting one. I mean Orban is and we'll look at him in detail a little bit more on the programme someday. Mm. He's a really intriguing figure. How he has come to power in Hungary and the mm. grip the sheer grip he has over Hungarian is, society. Is he, not,
1: is he not sort of coming from from an interesting place though? Because I mean America can't continue to support ukraine in the way they have been doing so yeah. so the result of that if they pull back particularly if there's a trump presidency um, what what will the result of that
13: be yeah and europe will have to take more responsibility yeah. ultimately so you can see you can see maybe where where orban is coming from because europe europe has a right to protect europe contributes uh, a disproportionately low volume of income to to NATO, to its uh, defence forces. I think it's 3% of national GDP that a country is obliged to spend. Very few European Trump was very strong on that. Trump was very strong. Ironically, it's one of the few points that Trump was probably right on. Mm. Uh, You know, in hindsight, because NATO is underfunded, the Americans still contribute disproportionately to it. Uh, So the EU will have to step it up a gear here. But Orbán certainly not afraid to to make his point, make his case. Very good. And finally, uh, drug liberalisation
1: in New Zealand and of course you know we should be looking at this here as well because a lot of talk of that where Ireland is concerned Just
13: thought I'd mention this Helen Clark the former Prime Minister of New Zealand has advocated for a policy of drug decriminalisation effectively which would make legal the use of certain illicit drugs for I suppose people in certain circumstances whereby it's seen as a medical condition whereby they're suffering from drug addiction drug problems uh uh unable to unable to cope with their problems uh, she advocates that doing this would would i suppose improve their situation rather than have a situation whereby they were forced into prisons, forced into legal action, forced into the courts, whereby there would be a a special mechanism to address their problems um, and to, to help them out, to intervene, to make an early intervention, essentially. It's a very interesting concept. It's one which I think could work. In a country like Ireland, certainly she's a very big mm. advocate of it in New Zealand. Other countries have trialled it. Decriminalisation of things like marijuana mm. uh, and other drugs like that. There are certain concerns around it. How far do you let it go? Uh, could it escalate course, beyond yeah. something well, that can be most controlled? most people's
1: argument would be the the so-called war on drugs, I think it was Nixon who came up with that um, it just has failed
13: miserably yeah. hasn't it? precisely, yeah. Yeah. precisely and yeah. we have, you know, drugs are running rife in Ireland at the moment, we have them circulating in every yeah. rural backwater, every town out there uh, so it's something we really have to address and take a look at and Helen Clark may be onto something here.
1: Alright, great to see you as always Thomas. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, thanks very much indeed Thomas Conway with us as usual on a Monday looking at all things uh, global. Our voucher winner our thirdest voucher winners, uh, Teresa Williams from Clock Jordan, uh, Mary Stevens-Carney from Nina and Mary Croke from Killin' All. So well done to all three of you and uh, we'll have more vouchers to give away for you every single day this week. And it's by way of celebration of the fact that uh, the lights will be turned on in Thurles on the first of December, and of course encouragement to shop local and to shop in Thurles. News and information's on the way.
0: This Chris Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry in association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer, Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over fifty years in the Premier County. Slattery's
1: Welcome back to the final hour. Of uh, tip today, just to remind you again if you want to register for our match three, it's 083 three three double one double three double one. Now, Claire Moore is a podiatrist and a chiropodist uh, behind My Healthy Feet, uh, which is based in uh, Carrie She specializes in prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and rehabilitation of abnormal foot and lower limb conditions. And she joins me in studio. Good morning to you, Claire.
14: Good morning, friend.
1: And we didn't uh, get to say hello on Friday night, but we were in the same, the same building and the the same event, indeed. We were. Uh, it, it was the the Chamber Business it Award. It was a great night, wasn't it? Oh, it was a fantastic night. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
14: really enjoyed it. I was there with the South Tip Women in Business, and one of the ladies was nominated Fiona O'Neill for yeah. an award. So that was very good. Great to stuff have one of.
1: Well, hopefully we'll see your name up there at some point. Hopefully, anyway, Fran, uh, Claire, and the very best of luck to you where that is concerned. Will you sort something out for me just uh, to begin with? Podiatrist as opposed to a chiropodist, well, what is the difference?
14: There's no difference, Fran. Um, podiatrist and chiropodist is the same term now. That's used, and um, uh, the term uh, chiropody is more known in Ireland as opposed to podiatrist. And
1: hmm. people are just naturally a little bit confused, I suppose, between the two. But basically, you look after our feet. Yeah, Claire, we look after the it? feet.
14: <laughs> yeah, like, and as a podiatrist, what I do is um, I diagnose and treat conditions of the foot and lower limb.
1: Right. And one of the reasons you made contact with us was because this, of course, is a Diabetes Awareness Month and we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago around that. But you wanted to make the point that people in your profession, Claire. I mean, you know, you're very important in terms of I suppose spotting um, issues that may be leading to di- uh, to diabetes or indeed may be uh, diabetes.
14: Yeah, um, uh, when patients come in to me, I would ask them, um, do they suffer from any any health conditions? And um, as we know now in Ireland, that one in three people suffer from diabetes. In Ireland, let it be type 1 or type 2 diabetes, but those conditions can be lived with very well mm-hmm. if the condition is managed. And during your chiropathy treatment with myself, you can have your diabetic assessment. I can carry out a diabetic assessment on a patient and that would involve uh, checking for the, circu- uh, checking the circulation down into the feet with a device called a Doppler and also check the sensation down into the feet mm. to see that the patient has full feeling down into the foot and that and that they can that they can feel if they had any any issue with the foot, for example corns, calluses, calluses would be thick skin on the feet if mm. they had any condition like that, or if if the circulation is diminished um and and if the diabetic patient, if it's bad management of their glucose control. Mm of the diabetes, then they can they can suffer from issues like blisters, cuts and grazes on the feet and they may not know that they have that oh, on the foot yeah. and I can point it out to them. And because of the lack of feeling down into the feet, this can be a common a common problem for yes. for for patients with diabetes.
1: You asked me oh, fair, a very interesting question. When did I last check my feet? To be honest, we we don't do that. Um, what should we look out for, Claire?
14: Um as a podiatrist, um, I carry out patient education as well with my, with my patients when they come in and I, and, and I show a patient how to check their feet. If you have peripheral neuropathy, a lack of feeling down into the foot, and if you stand on something sharp on the floor in your bare foot, you will not feel it. So you could have a foreign object um, that can embed itself down into the sole wow. of the foot, which can cause huge problems for the patient. It can cause an infection. That can lead on to an ulcer that could lead on to amputation for for the patient with diabetes. So to check your feet, you have to check your feet every morning. Look look between your toes for any cracks in the skin. Look for any any hard skin and particularly dry skin on the sole of the foot and around the heel, which can which can cause a problem, which can result if the skin gets too dry on the heel on the heel of the foot. That can cause a little cracks called fissures, which then can that support, and then for an infection to get into the foot, and can lead to other problems. Mm. And also, um, what uh, when you're checking your feet, you have um, you check for um, you also check your shoes. If the if a person's shoes have if the shoe is ill fitting for mm. the for the patient, that can cause problems as well. Particularly if the patient has bunions, hammer toes, retracted toes. So you must ensure that your footwear is adequate for your feet Mm. and that if you do have if you do have four foot problems, you have to ensure that you have a shoe that has a wide toe box. And most Mm. shoe shops now, nearly all shoe shops now sell sell shoes that accommodate
1: So you have to sometimes sacrifice fashion for what's good for your feet. is that what you're saying? Yes, you have to, yes, yes. And
14: you make sure that your shoes are fitting you properly and that they're tied onto the foot. Yeah. That they're secured onto the foot properly.
1: All right. If people want to join us in the conversation, by the way, if you want to ask uh, a question of Claire, mm-hmm. 83 311 uh, as well as spotting diabetes, I mean, there's other conditions as well. I suppose fungal conditions would be one that
14: we're rather familiar with. Yeah. Um, and again, going back to, uh, to the diabetes, that can cause uh, fungal infections on the nail. Due to diabetes and can cause um, fungal infections on the skin which can be identified um, during your podiatry mm. uh, session and and that can and I can give advice on creams yeah, and how
1: will the nails look if there's a fungal the, infection the
14: nails will look very thick and crumbly and white
5: right
14: yeah now they may not necessarily um, be in order from those nails yeah they may not be, but you, it'll be very visual, you can see it quite clearly that it is. And, and I can give advice on that. And also with um, a fungal on the skin, yeah. which can cause, it can be quite itchy, it can be very flaky on the skin, which, which wouldn't be the best for a diabetic patient. So you would need to use foot creams. And if I advise anybody to use cream on the feet, make sure it's a foot cream mm. that you use on the feet, foot cream for the feet and nothing else. In my opinion, as a podiatrist, right, because it
1: might irritate. Um, yeah, it could have irritations. irritations
14: yeah, yeah, and if a person and if the patient suffers from psoriasis, there can be many different um, uh, skin disorders that a patient may suffer from.
1: Yeah. So, what, what about one of our listeners' uh, ingrown toenails oh, for years, and it seems yeah. to reoccur as well? Yeah. Is it is that something that you deal with?
14: Yeah, ingrown toenails as well. Yeah, that can be a big problem. I see a lot of that in my own practice with um, teenagers and up to up to. Lessons, particularly with the ingrown toenails, due to what can cause an ingrown toenail. Many different things can cause the ingrown toenail. Um, you could have, you could stub the toe. Something could have fallen on the toe. You could be playing the sports. Someone could have stumped down on the toe and the hurling on the football, and you know during activities, and then that just causes the speculum of the nail down the sulcus down the side of the toe to um. Mm. To just uh, chip off a little bit, and the specule then can grow into the skin, and that can cause very discomfort for the patient. Plus, it can also then lead on to an infection if they don't have it. If they don't mm. have it managed, and I can, uh, the ingrown can be managed at clinic level. Mm. And also then, um, if it's a reoccurring condition, if it's a reoccurring condition uh, with the patient, then they may have to have nail surgery down the road.
4: Well,
1: I'm I'm just surprised that it's with younger people. I would have associated ingrown uh, toenails with older people. No,
14: you know? I'd see a lot of it now with them, um, uh, with the younger people. You know, like through sports and that. And then you will also get the patients that would like to to do their own surgery before they come in. Yeah, that they would be after trying to cut it out themselves. Yeah. They give it a go. Yeah.
1: What about when feet are smelly? Because this is this is an issue for, for an awful lot of people, isn't it? I mean, is it, do do people come to you with that condition?
14: They would they would, Fran, yes. And um, um if there is an odour from the feet and we'll certainly I would um uh, during the conversation with the patient to see what medications are because different conditions can cause odors and different oh. medications can particularly can cause um an odour um on the feet and some you know, like sweaty feet, smelly feet. Yes. It can do. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and I suppose the, the kind of footwear as well would, would yeah, and add the foot, to
14: that. Yeah, and the right. socks, particularly um, I mean, if, you can, if you can at all wear cotton socks. Yes. That's very good. And, and it's most important for a patient with any underlying health conditions or not that to change the socks every day and to wash your feet every day. And particularly uh, uh, when you're going to dry your feet, if you're an elderly person, for example, and if you can't reach down to your feet. Yes. That can be another that can be another issue as well, and if you can't reach down to the feet, you have to you have to have a caregiver or somebody that's there to help you dry in between in between the toes It's most important to dry in between the toes when you wash your feet because if you leave it wet, if you leave the area wet. It's going to stay mice and then that's going to cause a fungal infection and that's going to cause an odor from the skin. And it's also going to cause um, the skin to split as well. And that can be very painful for the patient.
1: All right. Um, Jim is asking us about Veruca that he's picked up recently and he has a lot of discomfort with that. Is that a...
14: Yeah, that can be another issue with the, uh, I'm on the foot as well, Veruca. And Veruca is a virus. And um, you can pick it up. Um, it's airborne and you can just pick it up. And if your, if your immune system is kind of low, again, um, underlying health conditions, if you have been on antibiotics, th- there's no set rule to say how you get the verruca, but you can get the verruca. And so that can be managed as well. And it can be debrided back. It can be treated with, uh, um, uh, by cryotherapy which is um, to freeze the verruca. Mm. That can also be done. And plus, you can also just to bride back the verruca to cause the verruca to bleed a little bit. And then the body eventually will recognise it as a foreign body on the foot. Mm. And then some verrucas can be painful and some verrucas are not painful at all. So the person could, could live with them and and they can just go as easy as they come after, right. after, after some time.
1: Okay, well, Jim seems to be having some discomfort so, with, it, with yeah, it. Somebody else it, asking is about clubbed. Toenails? Does
14: that make sense to you? No, no. Okay. Club toenails. Um, it can be that um, it can have the nails can just be uh, be slightly deformed and that can just grow um, yeah. at a different angle. Yeah.
1: All oh, right. Okay. Somebody else suffering from skin peeling, um, where the feet are concerned, and uh, worried about the ridgy nails as well. And,
14: yeah. Uh, which, like. Yeah. That can be again. Um, um, you would have to speak to the person, do an assessment, a yeah. health assessment on the person as well to see and see what medications and see what conditions, but it could be it could be any number of things that could call ridges on the nail. There's no one set rule for that. And for the flakiness of the skin, if the skin can be very sweaty and, and stay very moist it can start to peel off a little bit but you can help yourself by, keep, by drinking plenty of water, keep yourself hydrated. And again, I refer back to the foot creams, which are hugely important for any, for any age. It's right. not just, I'm not just, um, I don't just treat elderly, elderly uh, patients. Yeah. I treat, I'm all ages and you can have, I could have patients in um, that just cannot reach down to cut their own toenails due to visual impairment and oh, then that yeah. can be another See, we
1: don't even think about no, that sure, no no and
14: don't. that can be another another um uh side effect due to diabetes as well yes yeah and also then um uh some people they could have a bad back they could have injuries and uh, and maybe um weight problems and they just cannot get down to their feet it can be any age it doesn't matter of
1: course yeah, yeah. tell me about Coru. you you remember of that is oh, it
14: yes Coru... Karu, karu um is there was set up and it's there to protect the public and what it is is it's a uh, Carew is Ireland's multi-profession health regulator and it regulates podiatrists, physiotherapists, all health professionals and that ensures that we are all educated to the standard of of degree level. Right, and that then through that you're assessed and then you're on the career register and anybody can go in to see that I'm career, right. that I am career registered as a but, podiatrist. but but it's
1: assurance i guess oh, it's assurance for for, for, as well. for the public yes oh,
14: oh yes assurance yeah. for the public that they're going yeah. into a, a properly qualified practitioner
1: all right very good indeed if people want to make contact with you and uh, have you look at our feet claire how can we do that
14: um you can contact me by phone 085 7547320. And I also have my clinic in, in Fort Chapel Street, Carrick Shore.
1: Right, very good. Evening. Well, lovely to see you. And I will check my feed from now on, Claire. I promise. Look after yourself. And thanks very much. Today. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. We'll take a break. We're back with more in just a moment
2: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry
0: In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie
1: I, ha- I met uh, Dennis Deegan in Clonmore and Fitzpatrick's of Clonmore last night and he was feeling a little bit down because he had just lost the pool tournament at uh, Fitzpatrick's, but he said uh, thanks to yourself and Muriel for lifting the mood as the night went on. Well, commiserations to you Dennis, but I'm sure you will uh, prove victorious uh, on another occasion. And speaking of which, uh, as I say, said earlier on, delighted to be part of that wonderful occasion in Nina yesterday where Santa Claus was welcomed to the town and it kicked off a whole month of promotion, of shopping in Nina and being in the and uh, it was just such a marvellous event. There was at least a thousand people on the street. Uh, Spain AV were just amazing with sound and lights and exciting. Um, It was just fantastic and the the artists, the local artists were brilliant and uh, JP on the uh, decks and uh, everybody uh, involved, congratulations uh, to you and uh, lovely to welcome Santa Claus to Nina yesterday. And on Friday night then, I was delighted to host uh, the Tipperary Chamber uh, Business Awards and that was a very, very exciting night indeed with uh, Roz Purcell there receiving a very, very special award. The uh, wonderful Hollywood actor uh, Patrick Bergen was there of course uh, as well and um, Simon Coveney, Minister Simon Coveney there among others too. So it was a great night of celebration of Business and Innovation in Tipperary. Now, Glenn abbey holding a series of talks on the first three Sundays of Advent. That's the 3rd, the 10th and the 17th of December. And to talk to me about uh, this, I'm glad to be joined by Father Luke McNamara. Good morning to you, Father Luke. Good morning. And uh, lovely to talk to you today. Um, we're all familiar with the term Advent, but I'm not sure if we're uh, totally familiar uh, with the meaning of Advent, Father Luke.
15: Well, I suppose uh, what you described in Nina there last night is probably uh, very, very good. You know, the the celebrations that were held at Nina there over the weekend, um, because uh, Advent really is the the term used, is brought uh, from the secular culture of the time in the first century. It was the term used to welcome an emperor or a general into a city or a town where all the people would come out with, with banners and feast and, and have a big celebration. And um, he'd be escorted into the town and then there would be a, a welcome party in the, in the main square. So much what you described for Santa Claus in, in Nina is actually uh, what an, an advent would have been in mm. the first century. And that this term was then adapted uh, by the early Christians to speak of of a way of, uh, to speak of the coming of Jesus, the coming of Jesus into the world. And so um, they reckoned that 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 would be an appropriate term, which could be understood in the first century to to describe the coming of Jesus. And in a way, all the the hype and the celebration that we have uh, around Christmas and this long kind of preparation period of celebration is actually very much in tune with the with the first Christians. Maybe they wouldn't have had this, the shopping and the rest of it but, but the, the element of celebration and excitement certainly would have been part of that.
1: That's very interesting. And is it the start of the church's new year?
15: Yes, it is actually because we don't start on the 1st of January but we start our year with Advent. Mm. So the first Sunday of Advent is the beginning of the church's year and so as with every new year we make new resolutions and so we invite you know all christians are invited to make new year's resolutions as well on the 1st of jan on the first, on the on the first day of the of the new year for the church which is the 3rd of december so in a sense advent is a time of preparation of training and i like to think of it as you know uh, you know when we prepare for marriage for instance spouses prepare for marriage, mm. they go through a lot of of preparation, marriage preparation, and then of course the day is so much fuller because they have prepared for that day, because they've prepared in so many ways that they, they know what is happening and then they can relax and enter into the celebration uh, of, of the Mass, but also the celebrations afterwards because they know and they can anticipate and really enter into the, the spirit of the whole day and indeed their later years together. And in this way, you know, Christians are invited to welcome the coming of Christ into their lives, and so there is this period of training given to us coming up to Christmas to uh, open ourselves to the presence of Christ in our lives. And we can live through, uh, you know, a whole life without thinking about where we are or where we're going, or who, who you know, who 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 we uh, are living with and why and so on. And yet, um, if we take a bit of time out uh, to prepare and to engage. Um, that really does make um, for a fuller experience of Christmas. And the Christmas just doesn't pass us by like, like other events in our lives. It becomes a signal event each year for, re- for renewal mm. and growth. And that's really important because, you know, children actually get more out of Christmas than most of us because they actually really prepare and think about it. Mm. And they, they, they actually do a lot of actions as well. They have nativity plays. They have cribs in their schools and so on. And there used to be cribs in most homes, and there's sadly not so many in in many homes today, but they're a really good way of actually um, of engaging with Christmas and then putting the figures into the crib as you go through the Christmas season. So it really becomes, you're kind of reminded of what's happening all along, and you can imagine what's happening as you you actually fulfill these rituals. So it's, it's really, the practical is really a great help.
1: Now, what about the date itself of December twenty fifth, Father Luke? I mean, where where does that actually come from?
15: Well, it's, it's a curious story. And um, first of all, the, the, the because we begin on a Sunday, the the day of that we begin Advent kind of fluctuates. So we actually have the shortest Advent possible this year, beginning on the third of December. So that's why they had to start a week early in Nina with the, with the, for the preparations for Christmas. But but normally, um, uh, the, the Normally we always start on the Sunday, but the Christmas Day, of course, itself is a fixed day, so mm. it could be any day of the week. It's the 25th, and why the 25th? There's a there's a belief in in ancient times that uh, significant figures um, entered the world on the same day as they exited the world, and and in in antiquity it was believed that Jesus died on the 25th of March. Now. For people entering into the world, they didn't think of a birthday. They thought of the day of one's conception. So the Feast of the Annunciation is the 25th of March. So if you count nine months onwards to, to Christmas Day, that gives you, of ah. course, uh, the birth of Jesus. So so it is this ancient belief that the person, the day they, they die, is also the day they've entered the world. And that's what gave us Christmas Day. So it's actually Easter which has given us Christmas the, the, the day of mm. the day of Jesus' death and the cross, which has given us Christmas Day. Interestingly enough, so very, but
1: a, is there any mention of December twenty fifth in the Nativity? Essentially,
15: in in the in the Nativity accounts, in yes, the gospel, yes. No, no, there isn't. No. There isn't any yeah. mention. No, and and the, that is. These are later traditions that are given to us, and in fact, a lot of the stories around Christmas, we have a, have two stories uh, in the Gospels, very well known to us. Um, one in in Matthew and one in Luke two nativity stories and two sets of stories around around the around the advent, advent and, and then christmas itself which 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 form the basis of our readings for the season but we also have other traditions very early from the second century in the gospel of James and many of those have been incorporated in christmas traditions and also um the from the prophet Isaiah many of those traditions have been brought in so, for instance, there's no mention of an ass or an ox in, in the crib. Mm. And where do they come from? And if you if you actually look at the prophet Isaiah, that, that prophet begins with uh, the prophecy with um, the people of Israel not recognizing the coming of the Lord, but that the first to recognize the coming of the Lord will be an ass and an ox. And therefore, the presence of the ass and the ox in the crib Signify that this is the moment that the Lord is coming to His people, and so it, it, it's a fulfilment of the prophecy of Isaiah, and that's why Saint Francis, who created the first crib um, in 1223, decided that there should be an ox and an ass at either side of the of the manger, and that that. Yeah. So it it, it 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 really it really is interesting, and it's interesting how Saint Francis actually came up with the idea of the crib. He had been to the Holy Land on pilgrimage. Yes. and he had seen the people in, in Bethlehem celebrating the nativity and you know all the 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 reenactment that was going on of the of the of the birth of Jesus and so on. And he said, "Why can't we have this over in Europe? Why can Why is it only mm. in the Holy Land?" Mm. And so he decided then to create the first crib at Greccio, which was a living crib with figures. And the people of Greccio processed out of the town and went up to this cave. And I've actually been there. So it's really really kind of a scary place almost. It's up in the peak of the mountains and uh, very, very remote and full of snow at the time as well for much of the year and certainly at his time. And yet here is where um, this first crib was, 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 was celebrated. And celebrated all overnight by the by the people
1: with Francis. Yeah, it's, yes. it's it's a fascinating history and a fascinating conversation indeed. And um, in terms of what you're doing at the Abbey, then Father Luke, um, the third of December, the tenth, and the seventeenth, everybody welcome. I I guess.
15: Yes. Yes. We have um, we have a series of talks each Sunday uh, in the Abbey Library at four thirty p.m. Uh, given by Father Columba and Father Simon and um, others of the brothers. And then afterwards, we will have refreshments in the reception and then there will be sung evening prayer by the monks. And in Advent, there are particular uh, chants that we have, which are perhaps the most beautiful that we have in the whole year, uh, which are sung um, every, and particularly on Sundays, we have special chants that are sung. And um, so a lot of people would come simply for the sung evening prayer on yes. the Sundays in Advent. We have particular uh, we have a particular hymn, the Rorat Chaley and and others that would be quite. Um, the 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 melodies would be known, maybe mm. not the maybe not the maybe not the Latin mm. text, but the melodies would be known, and people like to hear them. There, and in fact, they would also be sung at her carol service, of and course. they would be sung in translation in carol services in in other churches around the country.
1: So people can just turn up, or do they need to register Absolutely. with you? Or? No,
15: no, no, no. Okay. no. Yeah. all are welcome, and usually we. Usually we're right here on the border with Tipperary. Our land actually sure. borders borders Tipperary. So, um, and half the staff are from Tipperary, and indeed about about twenty five percent of our students. So you're well represented, and um, normally about half the half of those who would come would be from Tipperary. So yes, we'd be. Very welcoming very of anybody from north or south. And um,
1: well, tip many uh, many people looking forward to it. I'm 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 certain. Uh, Father Luke, uh, happy Christmas to you and everybody at Lance Dole And thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. Uh, and to you. Thank to you, you. Bye. bye. to know that's Father Luke McNamara
2: there. All right, then it's time to do this. Tip FM's Match Three Game.
7: Tip FM's Match Three Game
2: with Stakelem's Home and Hardware and Expert Electrical at Racecourse Road, Thurles. Steaklums.ie. And
1: let's go to Mary. Good morning to you, Mary.
6: Good morning, Fran. How are you?
1: I'm very well indeed, Mary. Whereabouts are you?
6: I'm in Upper Church.
1: A beautiful part of uh, Tipperary, that's for sure. Are you okay to play match three then, Mary?
6: I am indeed. I am. I've missed all yesterday. I am listening. I had small people here wanted to watch the they it, of course. And our key players, so <laughs> I had fun.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, we wish you the very, very best of luck. There's only one yeah. prize left. You know the story, I'm yeah, sure. I really at this like stage, that, yes, yeah. It's yes, a number yes. between one and ninety. If you get a box that is, where it's already gone, we'll give you another shot at it, uh, Mary. But if that happens okay. twice, we have to say bye bye. Is that okay? Okay, that's perfect yeah. all, all 69 69 let us have a look at box number 69 and see what the story is I'm afraid that's gone Mary I'm afraid that's gone so you get another okay. you get another choice oh uh, god I'd say uh
6: 23. Gone. 20,
1: 23, um, let, let, let me just open that box and I'll see what's in there. Mary, I'm afraid that's gone. I'm afraid that's gone as well. So, commiserations yeah, that's, to that's you. Okay. Would you like that's to say okay. hello to somebody as you're on, Mary?
6: Well, sure, I'd like, like to say hello to all my family, um, husband Jim, and uh, to all my uh, family, my daughters, two daughters, Eileen, Kate, and all the grandchildren, Jamie, Caroline, Nora and this is Jane Anne. Very so good. A year and a half they're all, they're both those two small ones are getting ready for Christmas ah, it's, in a big way
1: It's a lovely time for them isn't it Well a happy Christmas to you and yours Mary and thank you
6: And you too friends. Thanks, Thanks thank you very, very much, much. indeed thank you.
7: Tip Bye. FM's Match 3 game Unwrap an early Christmas present from Stakelum's Home and Hardware and Stakelum's Expert Electrical at Racecourse Road Thurless. Shop online at stakelums.ie Match 3 win the prize
1: Tip FM We'll be right back with some more Tip Today in just a moment.
7: Tip Today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.
2: if it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on 1-800-938-007. Now, a big
1: shout-out to Jessica Kelly, because Jessica is the only girl in Tipperary in the last ten of Ireland's best-dressed debutantes. So it's the last day of voting tomorrow, I believe. And uh, Jessica is from Colage to Fobble in Ross Grey and you can vote Online And that's DebsIreland.com forward slash best dressed. If you want to support Jessica and congratulations to her and wishing her the very, very best of luck indeed. All right, then it's time for Travel Tales with uh, Fergal O'Keefe. Good morning to you, Fergal. Good morning. Great and to great see to, you. Great to see you as well. Um, mm. A lot of sort of negative stuff uh, in the last while about Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all of that. Are there really deals out there? Are we really saving you have a nice experience.
12: Yeah, well, do you know what? Like, so you're right for for different things, like particularly clothes and things like that. You kind yeah. of wonder, do they put the prices up to bring them back down? But for travel, particularly for flights, they, they do exist. And, you know, just to give an example, I over the weekend, I actually I was just saying to you, I booked last night, I booked my summer holidays for, for July going to Marseille from Shannon. And I looked at it, I was looking then at different deals before I came on here this morning with Ryanair and the different airlines. And the flights had actually gone up 200 euros since last night. Wow. So thank goodness I, I booked them last night. So, but, you know, I will say to people, there are always deals it's it's a matter of um keeping an eye but there is and it's funny because between last yesterday it was it was bank it was black uh, friday weekend yeah. and then this morning i went in and it's cyber monday but they're offering other deals now where there's like flights for 14.99 and 19.99 in, in you know true like from shannon cork and dublin and that's flying between now and the 29th of um or the 28th of, or maybe it is a leap year this year, I'm not too sure, of, of February. So, um, you know, there's there still like Monday. there's great deals and there's 25% yeah. off of um, car hire there as well. I was looking at, you know, I went into Aer Lingus. Aer Lingus are offering €100 Euros off for flights to North America and 25% off flights around Europe. Um, you know, like EG&A A- Airlines, if you're going to Greece, they are offering 50 percent off, although the prices kind of work there nearly... Reiner prices, even with 50% off. But there are definitely deals. So, you know, well. I, I'd i always be looking, um, around, you know, for, for deals because there are certain times of a year. But
1: roughly, what did you save? Roughly.
12: Oh, well, you, I mean, you know, like, like I said, the, the prices went up. Um, like it was up two hundred euros today, so it was like eight hundred euros for six flights wow. um, to Marseille. So hopefully the weather's the only little thing I've been talking to you about, yeah. looking at the weather. Um, but
1: are there any deals mm-hmm. on accommodation, for example? Is that
12: well, well, well That'll be the next thing. Yeah, you know, just say for me now. I, I when I I love you know obviously love travelling and mm. the, the fun of it now will be looking, but um, around this time of year, yeah, you would definitely. Um, again be able to get deals but again with like things like hair hire and things like that just around this cyber time so you know it's mm. definitely uh, worth and, and like for example like you can see Reiner like it was Black Friday over the weekend and then they changed it to another one um, today but they definitely are all right. doing it and they, they're all Very it's so co- so competitive so yeah it, it definitely exists so it's, so it's definitely worth doing If
1: you're in the lucky position of being able to afford a holiday mm. well have a, have and a just, look And just to give yeah. you an example
12: Actually, one thing that Reiner do now, actually, they introduced it, I think, in the last year, is you can pay, they call them family tickets, and you can pay half now and half just before you fly out. So that's for people, especially when you're booking family trips, Yes, um, if money's an issue, they they do have that option. The only thing, something I only noticed last night, actually, uh, which is a bit of a hack, really, is you know, you know with baggage. You know the, the flights are cheap, and then you go with baggage, and and the basic now with Ryanair, is you can, th- your bag is small enough to put under the seat in front of you. So, or you can do like the family thing, which works out at probably around 31 euros per flight, per person. Right. Or then the, re- the regular one then. this is, And that only gets you like a, well the family one, you get a big bag you can put through and then a small bag for everyone else. But just say the other one for other people, it worked out at like late 30s per person, per flight. So nearly costs as much for the bag. Uh-huh. But I, I, um, trying to keep the price down so I I hit like the, the basic one of the bag under the seat so then when you go through the process it then gives you the option later on to like do a 10k bag check in a 10k bag for 13 euros Oh. Yeah, so which is the old way they used to do it. Yeah, yeah But they yeah. actually
1: Well, that is still there if you wade through the exactly. paperwork. Exactly.
12: And how ah. many people will especially Gee. if it's with families. Well, I wouldn't but either. I I held off and th- goodness, so well, that's well something you. just to be uh, aware of. Yeah, that's so to, a great tip. Yeah, so to hold off it? for that, you know.
1: All right, we can dream. So let's talk about uh, skiing. I thought, uh, you know, there wasn't much snow in, yeah. in Europe. So was so there?
12: so last year was a disaster from the from the snow point of view, and obviously global warming is a, is a major issue. And you know, the, like an awful lot of resorts um, had no snow practically. Like I last year, I was going to Switzerland, and I was going to a place called Adelboden, which I'd never heard of until I was going there, and then all of a sudden over the Christmas and in January there was all these articles about no snow and they kept using this resort as an example of, of no snow and I went there in March and it was fine at that stage but... I think, you know, the the way the world is going now, no different than in summertime, you might be looking at places worrying about, like just say I was looking last night at a different place, like looking at Valencia, but then I was going, gosh, it could be really, really hot at that, you know, mm. the way it was mm. last summer. So it's a bit the same now for snow. So I would re- really recommend, and that's what we're going to talk mm. about, is different resorts for people. I would really recommend uh, higher resorts, although I will say, you know, I, I get uh, every resort I've ever been to, I always, you, you, you can get snow reports. So I still now get every resort I've been to, I get snow reports in. So for the last few weeks, there's been actually loads of snow. So even just say if people are going around Christmas time, it won't be an issue this year. And I'm, I'm guessing, hopefully, that um the, the, the snow is going to be okay this year. But the thing I wanted to talk to people about were actually resorts over... You know, higher resorts because okay. just traditionally Irish people kind of have been go, go to places like Sal and Morzine, which are actually lower down resorts, and they're the ones that are affected the most. So of I course, wanted. yes. So, what options have we then? Yeah, well, I mean, the first one I want to talk about was Ravinia because. I've never been there myself, but I'm actually going this year, and for that very reason, that it's... it's Italy, is it? Exactly. It's Italy, and it's it's a high-up resort. Like, the slopes are over 3,000 metres, so just a sal might be 1,000 metres or 1,500. This is over 3,000. So that resort is already open and will go until April because a lot of these resorts as well, the really high up ones, often have glaciers above the resort which, you know, you could practically snow or ski into, into uh, say, June or July and traditionally that's what they used to, these mm. sort of resorts, were mm. for later in the season but the way things are going now. So I'd really recommend it and the thing about uh, Italy is they're prob- it's probably... Price-wise, they're often uh, cheaper than a a lot of the other resorts. And, you know... um you know, and again with the food and things like mm. that. I mean, Austria is very popular, but that's probably the cheapest option for people, very is popular yes. with Irish people.
1: Because I was going to ask you if you were going for the first time and you didn't want to spend a fortune, will, is that
12: yeah, what you would I recommend? Mean, yeah, I mean, if you're re- like uh, traditionally enough, a lot of Irish people, they actually go to Andorra, which is, yes. um, you know, you fly into Spain and that's quite low down, but also it's like, you know, it's, it's like just as uh, students and, mm. you know, people mm. in the early 20s, maybe a bit of a party spot. So it really depends on... On um, what what France? I would recommend for people for learning, but also if you're going, if it's a family that's going, I'd really recommend France because they really are you know it's it's yes. it's really geared up for things like that. But um, you know another thing about Servinia is it's right next door to Zermatt, so from Servinia you can actually see the Matterhorn. So from the point of view of say, if you wanted to go the most postcard picture perfect resorts or Zermatt I mean it is mad expensive for people but you could go to Servinia and go over to Zermatt just to have a look at it and see see the Matterhorn or because you can kind of ski in there oh, actually from um, Servinia but you know a lot I mentioned a lot of Irish people go to um, Morzine or Leger in that area around there because there's only an hour from Geneva which I always think is very you know from point of view of, of transfers but above Morzine is Avoriaz which is a kind of a purpose-built resort. And a lot of those higher-up, higher-altitude resorts are actually, they're sort of purpose-built resorts where they're actually... um, you know, they're they're in a way they're 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 like tower blocks. You know, mm. they're not the most picturesque, but the beauty of them are is one you're up higher, so you're guaranteed snow, but you can also ski in and out from right. the, from the resort. So there's but less transfers. I, I'd
1: I'd have to have the the the, the log buildings and the, yeah, the open fires and the mulled wine and all of that as well. You know? Yeah,
12: exactly. So that's more for the skiing. So like yeah. like just say down Morzine or Leger, down below Avoria's, yeah. that's for that. And, and you know, I mean, you know, we'll talk about it in a bit, but just say, if, if people aren't into skiing, another thing is... Th- the option is going for like Christmas markets yes, and you go yeah. somewhere like Innsbruck or Salzburg so you get the actual atmosphere do you know what I mean And as well exactly as but well, yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. You, even if you don't ski but you can get the atmosphere But and, and just to give you another example a place that people might know is, is Ubertorn in Austria and that's like a high up resort very high resort in Austria it actually became famous in the 50s when or the 60s when the Beatles they recorded helped there and there was a couple of guys who were ski instructors at the time who were extra? They played the Beatles like doing the skiing. I don't know if you remember the movie, but now they own half the town, those <laughs> guys. But it, it isn't yeah. that well known with Irish, but it's a really high up resort again with a um, a glacier above it. So that's something that's very good. And one there's, of,
1: there's lots of other options. We've exactly. only about three minutes left. Okay. So I, you mentioned Christmas markets, and I know that people just love the notion of yeah. traveling to Christmas markets. Exactly. Yeah.
12: And you know what? The the, the, the the There's a cyber sale on now today with. Um, um Ryanair, and I was just looking at it and If you wanted to go and you hadn't booked something for this year, there's some great options they're fourteen ninety nine to nineteen ninety nine it's 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 just on today, but a couple of those places like you know like you know like like Germany like I mean Hamburg is on it but anywhere in Germany any city does christmas markets so just like the famous ones are like Berlin mm. you know Cologne is a is a famous one but I noticed on the list is Hamburg and even even there's flights to go to um Venice from um on, on these like deals today to go to Venice uh Tre- Treviso um uh, to, and you could go there and all around that area there, there's mountain areas or the Dolomites where you could go and there's great Christmas markets around there but but all the main cities like mm. Vienna is another great one
1: But and, and when we talk about Christmas markets will you just just paint the picture for yeah, me because so, I'm not sure if we have anything to really compare it to here yeah, really
12: and it's amazing particularly in Germany like if you go to Berlin there's a number of them in the city so it isn't even like you go to one yeah. and what I'd really recommend to people is you know, like you go there and they are like wooden huts and it's famous for the glue vine and the little wooden toys and things like that and, you know, the smells and the food and the the, the hot dogs and things like that but I would really recommend to people is to get a guide actually because there's great uh, history particularly e- each city has their own traditions and their own like just saying um, you know like in Berlin the, the famous thing where they've got angels and they're they're unique to that area or there are certain foods but you, if you get a guide and you get the history of the place I think that makes it of course, and price yeah. wise a lot cheaper during the, the, the week you know a couple, couple of ones surprised me Krakow in Poland for yeah is amazing actually you you know. And, and a lot of these are great cities anyway. Like, yeah, like if you yeah. go to Prague as well is, is another one where it's an amazing city yes. but really stunning. And Krakow is, is, is a really great one I have to say. Like like it's a gorgeous market with great tradition and a beautiful mm. city particularly in wintertime. I was you in know?
1: Prague last uh, January. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, isn't it? Like with the,
12: with the yes. colours. Oh, and That's stunning. what I mean. So you could go to the market. Yeah. The bigger cities you go to market but then there's also the, the city itself as well. So yeah. there's great deals actually now. Like if you hadn't Around now that you could go, and Joe, you know, we're talking about like the skiing. But if you if you're not into skiing, hmm. um, you know that that is some, another option. And actually, another thing I didn't mention about the skiing is Kiltiernan in Dublin. You can do lessons yes. in Dublin. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to learn before you go, but you know, particularly younger people, like they literally pick it up an hour or two. It's amazing. Like they may never have skied, and you could have been skiing all your life, and they're better than you after an hour. I'd, you know?
1: I'd love to try it, but I'd be afraid of breaking something or, or something like that. Um, oh, congratulations to you, by the way. You were nominated for for your podcast. Yeah, so you? that
12: was last week, the Irish Podcast Awards. It was the GA Minor Moments one. Yeah. So we're we're going to be doing another season of that next year, and uh, so it was lovely to go to it. I mean, uh, like I was up, I was in the sports category, so I was up against um, the Irish Independent, the Left Wing, the Forty Two Anti Daly's podcast, the Irish Examiner, oh. the one that won. It was the Irish Daily Star. Cup shadow boxing it was about boxing and the canons but but it was just great to be in that company, yeah. and uh, you know that there's going to be another season of it. And I saw in the GA were delighted with it as well, which I hadn't heard directly from yeah. them. So it was lovely to hear that. But um, yeah, there's twenty episodes there. GA minor sure. moments. So I'm in the middle now of planning again for, which is great for, for next year's one. So that'll be um, probably around the February March timeframe. But very good planning.
1: Well, many congratulations to you, Fergal. It's always a pleasure. Thanks very much indeed, Fergal O'Keefe. There, travel tales with Fergal, That's it for me, Ellie produced today. Stephen is on the way with the Time Tunnel and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye.
7: Tip today with Fran Curry with Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24 or slatterysgarage.ie